Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That's the end of Wednesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN 201. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter, appreciate everybody tuned in. And we've got our guy Brad Thompson for the first two hours of the show. Jamie's traveling today for the Blues, so BT is with me for the first two hours. Danny Mack, Dan McLaughlin will join me for the final two hours of today's show. And uh, BT, always good to do some radio with you, man. How's everything going? It is going great, man. Life is good. I'm out here in sunny Las Vegas, just visiting the fam out here. And nice. Happy to, uh, yeah, happy to jump in for a couple of hours. Jamie's probably uh, already in flight. I got a feeling that he's probably asked for a couple of meals already. Probably. I feel like Jamie could end up being one of those guys that, uh, like, there's a lot that goes into it when Jamie travels. Like, he, they already know that he's going to be a little bit needy. Yep. You know, then he gets in. He probably already has uh, some first-class dinner set up this evening in Dallas. So good for him. He's living the dream. Yeah, he, he could be a needy bear, can't he? Yeah, of course he is. But he pawns it off like he's not, which is the, the real key uh, <laughs> of the whole thing. I'm totally laid back. It's cool. Can I have my meal at 6 o'clock or 6.01? I don't want it at 6.05. 6.01 is fine. 6.05, not fine. But I'm laid you know back. I'm cool. 155 degree internal temperature. You know I said that. <laughs> and the fact that it's not kind of peeves me a little bit. Write it down, damn it. All right, BT, let's dive into some playoff baseball. Last night, the Rangers took care of business against the Orioles. And then, of course, uh, the Astros, they just opened up a can. And that, that series has gone back and forth. I'm interested to see if the Twins can even things up today. But we know that the Baltimore Orioles have been sent home. They were swept by a Rangers team that has yet to lose thus far in the postseason. And this is a question that Andrew Marsh and I were kicking around in the, off se- in the uh, office before the show. And you lived it. I don't know if there's an answer to this. But it sure seems like it. There, there should be. Are some teams just built more for October than others? When you watch the Rangers and you watch the Orioles, and the Orioles had just a remarkable season, 101 wins in that division, but they get swept. Is it a matter of they just ran into a, a buzzsaw in the Rangers or perhaps now that they need to – keep building a roster that is more postseason ready as opposed to just regular season yeah look it is a very difficult one to answer anthony and i think that the biggest key is good teams are built for october there's a reason that the cardinals aren't playing in october they weren't a good team this year right so like the idea of you get to the postseason because you're a good team you have to be built to get to october but as much as people hate to hear about it when it gets there 
randomness is a real thing when it comes to the postseason. I thought you Breda, uh, brought up a great point when you're looking at the, the AL East. The AL East, it was one of the best divisions in baseball, had one of the highest regular season winning percentage. I believe it was the third highest winning percentage in the regular season since the division era began. The division era began in 1969 to to uh, you know looking at that that those numbers heading into the postseason they went zero and seven in the postseason did the ALE so yes you, you got to be built to get there but you also are going to run into a hot team like I'd rather be the hot team coming in than the best team throughout the regular season but uh, things that do end up mattering big time in the postseason are things that matter down the stretch. Look, I, I think that managing is extremely important in the postseason. Knowing how to utilize your bullpen is extremely important in the postseason. The fundamentals, all that stuff that you just, they beat you over the head in spring training, Anthony. All of the bunt plays, all the little stuff that you might not do all season long until it gets to October, you better have those. So to me, that's fundamentally sound teams, that's leadership. But like, there's not one quality that I look at and say, well, that team for sure is building for October. Anthony, if you tell me a team is built for October, if you have one like top of mind, you're probably just showing me a really good baseball team. Yeah. And those are the teams that end up being built. Like, how do you look at it? Yeah, you know, we, we say, well, who's built for October? Well, the Braves look built for op- October. One one through nine in the lineup. Anybody can hit a ding-dong Johnson. Anybody can get on base. Anybody can hit doubles. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to see that, that lineup. Now, from a pitching standpoint, you may look at it and say, that's where they're they're a little short. That's only because of injuries. And they still have an ace in Spencer Strider. So uh, you look at that team, you say, yeah, that, that's a postseason team. So you're right in that regard. The Braves are just a good team, period. The Phillies are just a good team, period. They have certain elements. I wouldn't say that the Diamondbacks are built for the postseason, yet they have not lost a postseason game, too. We're not talking about them in the same vein as Texas. So... You're right. I don't think that there's a specific model because anytime you start to walk down a certain route, for example, Bruce Bochy. Well, the Rangers have Bruce Bochy. They have have Bruce Bochy. They have a a postseason managerial god. Would you say that the other managers are the same way? Would you say that the Rangers won because of Bruce Bochy or because Corey Seager and Adolis Garcia hit a couple of home runs that still haven't landed yet? And their offense has been great, and their pitching has come around. I I don't think there's any one answer. I think Bo- Bochi or whatever narrative you want to believe, I think that's part of the answer. And I think that's what's kind of magical about the MLB postseason is that, the, I, BT, this is the most random sport when it comes to their playoffs. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think that's what makes it fun. Now, with like, and this isn't just because the Cardinals aren't there. It's just from watching it, this postseason has sucked. Like, this has not been <laughs> the the dramatic, all of the, uh, you know, your your game. We didn't we didn't get a game three in the wild card round. There has not been much drama thus far. I agree with you. I look forward to, I hope the Twins even the series up. I would love to end up seeing a game five in that Twins-Astros one. The Phillies-Atlanta series, and it was a great finish in game two. Really bad base running also by Bryce Harper, but very good finish. I, was, Austin, I, I was okay with that. I was okay with him, with him kind of making a making a judgment call, making a read on that, and 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 going. I just thought it was more of a great play with Harris and, and Austin Wright. Did you did you fall more into the camp of bad play though? 
No, no, no. It, it was both. I think I think it could be a little bit of both. You sure. have to be sure that ball ends up getting down. And Harris made it an incredible play. I saw some people saying uh, that that uh, you know Harris was under it easy. Like that's not the case at all. No. That was a great play, jumping at the fence. Yeah. And for Riley to be there as the third level of defense there through that, uh, that's just fundamental baseball. Again, the little things that we were talking about that pop up in October. That that was a smart, smart play. But Harper's got to end up seeing that thing down. He's got to be in a position where he can get back. Because because if that thing does hit the wall and kicks off, if he's hovering near second base, he should still be able to score on that one. Uh, but who knows? Great finish. But that series is going to end up being a, a good one, we hope. I still think that the Phillies are a more complete team right now than the Braves are, even though the Braves are a flat-out juggernaut. But, yeah, this postseason hasn't quite lived up to expectations to this point. But the fun part is, and you brought up the, the Diamondbacks, um, the, the randomness of it again. The Diamondbacks are out-homering the Dodgers at a large clip right now. That's not their game. That's not how they, they have been built. But it happens at times. They're throwing the ball well. Gallon's been very good. Merrill Kelly was good. Uh, Fought was good. It's just it's it's a weird time. And when you get a team like the Diamondbacks in there that are young, they're motivated, they're hungry – that's exciting for the game of baseball. So there's not just one way to do it. Like we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Anthony. If I had to pick one thing coming in, I'd, ra- I'd rather have dominant pitching than anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, the Rangers have one of the best offenses in all of baseball. They'll just bang their way out of any situation. That happens, and, and it can even happen against good pitching at times. Now, their pitching has been solid also. It's not with the guys that they expected it to be. It's not with DeGrom, and it's not with Scherzer right now, uh, but it's been Montgomery and Evaldi have been good. Andrew Heaney has thrown the ball for them as well. But it, not everything always goes the way that you plan it to, but in the postseason, you're staying to be the team the the randomness there's no randomness in the regular season right it's 162 games right so you're gonna show who you are you're gonna show what kind of a ball club you are how you win games how you lose games but in october there everything is out the window like it's just about who can be fundamentally sound and who steps up at the biggest parts and i think that that's kind of what we've seen to this point no doubt 210 your time check is brought to you by clarkson jewelers an officially licensed rolex jeweler Tonight, we have Diamondbacks and Dodgers Game 3 pregame starting at 7.30. There is other baseball action today, though. You've got the Braves and Phillies Game 3, 4.07 local start here in St. Louis. And then you've got the Astros and Twins Game 4. That's at 6.07. And it's going to be the 8.07 Dodgers Diamondbacks that that will carry and that that's game three so the Diamondbacks could potentially sweep the Dodgers Lance Lynn former Cardinal will be on the hill for the Dodgers so we'll see if some of these series continue or if some of them uh just like the wild card round want up want up being kind of short Brad and I've got you covered for the next two hours we will talk to Jeremy Rutherford at three o'clock we've got a prove me wrong segment coming up BT you haven't done the prove me wrong yet have you I don't think so. Maybe a long time ago, but I'm I'm game. You know, I'm in. You're gonna love it, Brad, because I know at one point you were gonna be you you were gonna study to become a lawyer. So this is a segment where a listener can throw it throw out a statement, and we have to prove them wrong. And ju- and uh, Marsh is the judge, so winds up being kind of fun. Oh, I love this. Yeah, is this kind of like a spin rate thing? I think I can do that. 
Yeah, Brad, I think you're going to be phenomenal with it, honestly. Perfect. So Brad, will uh, he'll have his first Prove Me Wrong segment coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. Want to get BT's thoughts, though, on what Bill DeWitt Third said about the willingness to spend. But Brad, I want to I want to make a statement that should be pretty obvious, but I feel like we miss the mark a lot when it comes to the MLB offseason. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers for the first two hours of the show. I'm Anthony Stalter. Brad, I wanted to get your thoughts on comments made by Bill DeWitt III about the willingness to spend. And I'll I'll give you the quotes, and then I'm going to give you uh, what I think is kind of obvious and common sense thought on the offseason. But he said willingness, I would say, to look at a pretty difficult financial year and this is the upcoming year for the Cardinals, not this past season. But he said, willingness, I would say, to look at a pretty difficult financial year in order to try to get this thing back on track. Marsh threw out the question, will sacrificing the operating margins, so i.e. how much you spend, to build back into a contender, will that get the fans back? For me, BT, it's it's not about spending. We have We often have turned this into a hey, are the Cardinals going to spend? Are they finally going to spend? Are they going to spend big? Are they going to do this to make sure that they they ensure themselves to be a contender? Here's the obvious statement. It's not about spending. It's about spending on the right players. You can spend like the Mets and spend like the Padres, but you could do so and build a team that's not a, a postseason team. Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the Diamondbacks spent big last offseason, did they? I don't believe they did, Anthony. I think they got rid of their most expensive player, which was Madison Bumgarner, who was who is terrible for them. So when I look at this, it's not it's not about spending. It's about spending on the right players. Now, does that also mean that you might have to, you know, stretch the pocketbooks a little bit? Sure. But I think, BT, a lot of times when we get caught up in this conversation of are the Cardinals going to spend? Are they going to be willing to spend? Are they going to get off their, you know, dead asses and do something? We overlook. sign. It's about signing the right players or acquiring the right players. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely correct. Look, uh, money is is great, and you look at some of the best teams in baseball, they spend, and, and they spend uh, a lot. We'll talk a little bit later maybe about the Rangers and how the Rangers got back to where they are right now. Well, they did it because they spent a ton of money, but they also drafted and have developed well and got some young players that are impact guys also. But at the end of the day, like the idea, the concept of spending money, that doesn't necessarily bring fans back into winning. Winning brings fans back into it it gets them excited now how are you going to win right now you just finished off a disappointing 2023 season where you're 20 games under 500 and uh, yes look uh, people were were coming to games still which was amazing cardinals still went over three million in attendance this year which is is great they made money maybe not to the extent that they have made in the past there are some question marks i have no idea what is going on with the bally money and all of that the bank 
bankruptcy. Like, I, I have no clue. Boy, I wish I did, Anthony. I got to tell you, wish I knew uh, what was going on with that. No clue, though. And, and so, like, you think about, like, the money coming in for the organization, maybe not the easiest time to spend, but you have to. Like, you have to go out there and add, to your point, Anthony, the right players. Going out and overspending for a fifth starter makes no sense. No sense at all for this team. You need dudes at the top of the at the top of the rotation. Easier said than done, obviously, but that's exactly what this team needs, and uh, we'll see if they're able to do it. But I, I think that people want a willingness to spend, like just the overall. Right now, what can they do from this point on, Anthony? Mm-hmm. Uh, Spending money and being a part of the top of the free agent market is a big part of you know what gets fans excited. So think about this, and I know that there are a lot of you listening right now that have been season ticket holders, and maybe you're trying to make a big decision on next year of, you know, do, do I do it again? It's a big commitment. The prices probably haven't gone down a lot. Maybe they've gone up. I don't know exactly what season ticket uh, prices are. Anthony, you know my green seats are free. Oh, yeah. So you look at uh, – <laughs> You look at that, and if you are on the fence right now, like what pushes you to buy back in? What pushes you to purchase? Yeah. Well, maybe bringing in a Nola or a Sunny Gray, like maybe that does it for you because you look at the nucleus of this ball club and you say this team should be ready to win. You look at some of the young talent and say, you know, that that could push me over the edge. So in that regard, Anthony, I do think that the the idea of spending even when you're not out there, you know, didn't didn't make as much money as you normally have the last few seasons. The pandemic set everybody back in pretty much uh, every single walk of life every single uh different occupation unless you uh, were in the mask game or the uh which boy missed yeah. the boat yeah missed the boat on that anthony the toilet and, paper uh, maybe for oh, pharmaceuticals oh, you know, okay little pfizer yeah good call that that'd have been good that's <laughs> yeah, like the new apple uh but uh i mean that it hurt everybody in every industry but we we know this all right and you hit the nail on the head you have to bring in the right guys i know mean, you could go overspend on a lot of guys you could bring in and, and not bashing the contract of the guy but like you could bring in a bunch of dexter fowlers if you want to right you could bring in mike leaks or you, could, you know whatever like if it ain't the right dude it ain't gonna help you yep. uh when, when you're looking at it but the concept is still clear and i think it's clear in every in pretty much every industry you got to spend money to make money and I, I really do believe that that is the case you know anthony whatever like Pick a pick a job, right? Anthony, you've been working out. You're starting a new gym because it's going to be like Stalter, Stone Cold, something or other. That's yeah. probably trademarked. But, Stalter, um, Stone Cold, Iron. Yes. Okay, great. Stalter. Great. You're going to start a gym. Well, if you want to have a good gym, you, now this has worked in the past once. Um, but you don't want to have a gym that looks like average Joe's, okay? Mm. Where it's just like, here's some equipment. Come on into this gym. No, you're going to pour in. You're going to pay good trainers, and you're going to probably pay for a nutritionist, and you're going to pay for good equipment. This stuff all costs money, and right off the bat, maybe you're not seeing it pay the dividends, but you know at the end of the day it's going to. It's the same thing with baseball. Like You have to go out there. You have to continue to pour in. You have to put the best team you can. You have to, in my opinion, one of the biggest things, and one of the biggest things that the Cardinals can do and other organizations, you got to pour into your supporting staff. Like you got to make sure that your minor leagues are yeah. strong, that you have 
have great coaches at every level, that you have all of the technology that all of these other teams have. You better make sure that you're up to date with all that stuff because that's where it ends up biting you down the road. You can put a Band-Aid on a team if you want to, and you can sign a couple of starting pitchers, but if you don't have like all the steps along the way in order, I think that's where it really comes to fruition. Now, Cardinals have been forward-thinking throughout the years. They're analytically driven. They're doing a lot of these things, but I'm sure that there's always more if they did that internal audit, which I know they do every single year, of how can we get better inside. I think that's one of the biggest things that you can look at. It's not just those free agents because you need that, but you know, how do you start those grassroots efforts in your own organization to build those competitive advantages? Yeah, Brad, you've been making this point for years now, and you're absolutely spot on. Look at the Dodgers. Look at how much they spend on their scouting. Look at how much they spend on their development. You're right. That That is something that we probably don't talk enough about. And again, you've mentioned that a lot, but that is one aspect that we don't spend a ton of time discussing, yet we're always quick to say, hey, they don't scout their, their own team correctly. You know, we bring up some of these trades where the, the Cardinals have been on the losing end. We say, hey, player evaluation. Okay, well, part of player evaluation is not just John Mozeliak. It is, it is the scouting departments and everything that, that are, are operating underneath him as well. I want to go back to something you said that I thought was interesting. You said you said uh, the, the fan base in terms of buying season tickets, right? Maybe this is something for our text line. Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. If you're watching via the YouTube channel at 101 ESPN SDL, I should say the Air Alliance Team YouTube channel, you can leave a comment there too. What would you, what, what would you um, need to see to buy season tickets? And be honest. You know, if you're somebody that's like, oh, I'm not buying season tickets, I'll just wait until – you know, I get some, I get my hands on tickets. That's I'm not asking you. If there is something that the Cardinals do in the off season that say, "Yep, all right, I'm in." What would that be? Is it is it spending a truckload of money? Is it bringing in you know four or five players with one or two of them being marquee? What would it What would it require for you to pick up the phone and say, yeah, "I'm interested in season tickets this year." Because I'm with you, Brad, when you mention what will what will bring the fans back winning. That's what will bring the fans back. I don't think if the Cardinals have a busy offseason, fans are necessarily gonna say, All right, I'm all in. You gotta you gotta have the winning too. Because they can sign all your favorite players. If those players turn out to be injured or they, they stink, you're gonna be frustrated because you, you don't want you don't want to see them lose. But I think it's an interesting point uh, that you brought up about free agency, Brad. I'd love to get our, our listeners' thoughts on that too. No, I, I would agree. And, Anthony, I think one of the, the biggest things that, just, just for me, right, coming into 2024, and you're not going to have every single uh, question answered, I guess, when you come into it. But last year, a lot of us looked at it, and, and look, they made some gambles that didn't cash out when it came to the pitching staff of, of you know bounce-back seasons for a couple of guys just didn't end up working out. But I think that one of the things that would make me personally feel more comfortable is if you go in and you don't have, like, a huge question. It's like, oh, man, is this staff going to be good enough? Like, that's a big question in yeah. baseball. Like, like, uh, like, oh, boy, they ha- sure have a lot of guys in their bullpen that pitch to contact. That's a big issue now in the game of baseball. We've talked about that swing and miss quite a bit. So I, I think that if you can answer some of these questions to the best of your ability, and to your point, you absolutely have to go out there you have to show out you have to put that product on the field and it has to come to fruition because a lot of times you have an idea of what it's going to look like then it doesn't look like that i.e the Mets and the Padres and certainly the Cardinals to a different extent but I I think that that is one thing that would really put a lot of people at ease if if you come in and you address whether it
it is via free agency or via the trade market, some of the biggest questions that you have coming into spring training, I think that would help a ton. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. BT filling in for Jamie Rivers, who's traveling with the Blues, heading down to Dallas for Thursday night's game between the Blues and the Stars. Uh, pre-game tomorrow night starting at 6 o'clock right after the Fastlane. So BT's got us covered for the next uh, hour and a half. Dan McLaughlin will fill in from 4 to 6 today. So a lot more to come here with Brad and I, including how much should ownership dabble in roster construction? I would say not at all. But if you look at some of the local examples, maybe, you know, you pause a little bit on that. That's next. I want to want you spam. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. There's different philosophies in ownership. You know what I mean? Some owners kind of stay stay away and and don't engage a whole lot. Other owners do. And his philosophy is he's gonna engage. And listen, it's only been a short experience, but it's been a really good experience. It hasn't been fun. You know, it's not fun. Those those meetings aren't I wouldn't characterize them as fun meetings, but those meetings make me better, and I trust they make us better. All right, that was Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich, and he was talking about owner David Tepper being engaged in the football moves. And you heard him at the end there, uh, BT. He said, yeah, those those meetings aren't fun, but you know they're kind of sort of making us better, so I guess I'll put up with them. At least that's how I heard it. I don't know how you heard it. No, that's exactly what he said, Anthony. He said, uh, look, the big boss wants to stick his uh, rich fingers in here, and we are just going to take it and smile is what's going to happen. Look, it, it is a really interesting one because you know this across sports, man. There are some there are some owners that are so engaged and that, like they just love it. I love during a game, and especially the important ones, right, the postseason, you look up to uh, one of the skyboxes and you see an owner just fist pumping and going crazy like I dig that you're engaged and you love your team and you want to be all about I don't personally like the owner that is just in there because it's another pawn and it's a great thing in their portfolio but there is a difference right between the ones that are passionate about their teams and the ones that tend to meddle a, a little bit and maybe jump into places. And I don't know, Anthony, if you have an uh, uh, a <laughs> example off the top of your head that might be in Texas oh, somewhere. Uh, hmm. um, uh, maybe uh, 
Oh, Jerry Jones would be That's one. That's the one. Yeah. That could be the one. Like, I think that there might end up being a fine line of, you know, where does where where should we, we cut this off? But uh, I, I kind of go back and forth. Where are you at? I think you laid it out there before the break. You yeah. think that owners probably should not really dabble too much when it comes to construction of the roster. Do you believe that as just like a, a blank slate, like, hey, that's not your job? Yes, absolutely. I, I think that... And there's a, there's several reasons why I believe this. I, I will say this because BT, you you touched on something that I that I agree with. I think you nailed it. When it comes to the Dewitts, when it comes to you know Stillman, yeah, I love that those guys are are basically fans. You know, I mean, you're you're looking at uh, two ownership groups. You know, the Dewitts, as you have pointed out, and you you know better than than, than I do, the Dewitts love baseball. You know, they love baseball. They love the Cardinals fans. They're, they are they are an extension of the fans. I want my owner to be a fan, a rich fan that's got a lot of power, but a fan nonetheless, and to run the the team almost like a fan. Where I don't want what I don't want out of my owner BT is a Jerry Jones type who is a diehard fan, diehard Cowboys fan that is powerful. And that starts to meddle in the day-to-day operations of building a roster because he's a fan. He doesn't know what, what, what he's doing. We don't know what we're doing as fans. We, th- we like to think we do, but we don't. I think when it comes to ownerships, you look at where they became successful, You know, whether it was um, real estate or it was the tech world or whatever it may be, why did they become successful at that? A lot of the times, it's they hired the right people. So hire the right people, put them in place, and then you don't have to worry about ever meddling with the roster. That's how I see it. What about you? Yeah, look, I I think that this is, and it's probably a very difficult character trait if you are an owner of a franchise, because you own any of these professional franchises, you are pretty well off, and life is pretty good for you, and I got a feeling that in your life, not too many people push back against you. Probably not. But I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be a great (laughs) character trait if you had it as an owner to be able to hire somebody that will push back against you. Yeah. Because... There, there are times like, and Jerry Jones is, he's an anomaly. I mean, that guy runs his own ship. He's his own GM. He does he does everything. So maybe maybe throw that one out. But there are going to be times as, as an owner, and it, like you, you don't have all of the views. And that is why, as you said, you hire the right people. You hire people that you believe are going to put your organization in the right spot. Now, there will be times, and every owner probably has to go through this, where you're going to have a front office member, you're going to have your president of baseball operations or your GM come to you and say, this is what we need to do. We need your blessing, a.k.a. we need your money, (laughs) to be able to pull this off. What do you think? And that's where either the business side comes in, where you're punching the numbers in. It's like, analytically, I'm not sure if this works. Or maybe that's where the fan side comes in and said, hell yes, give me that guy. Here's your $20 million or, or whatever that is. Yeah. But it's really important to be able to have that relationship with whoever it is that you hire. And for the DeWitts, that is Mo. I mean, that is the guy. He's going to be coming to the table. I guarantee you that all of these, uh, you know, some of these players over the years that the Cardinals haven't gotten and Mo's been blasted for, there's a good chance that he might not have had 
had the uh, the purse strings to be able to do some of the deals that maybe he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Whether you believe it or not, every organization does run within a budget, unless you were Steve Cohen last year who already walked some of that stuff back for the following year. Yeah. Uh, said, uh, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to not gonna quite do exactly how we did it last time. Turns out, out that wasn't the way to do it, so we'll uh, yeah, backtrack but- a little bit. But having having that working relationship between ownership, I think, is a, a really, really important thing. But I don't want the owner of all these teams making all the decisions, Anthony. No, I'm with you on that. And I do want to ask you where Steve Cohen kind of fits into that. Maybe you just explained it. But, you know, the other aspect, too, about owner, you know, ownership, and this is a fine balance because, as you mentioned, they're not – they're not used to being told no. They're, you know, they're they're very powerful, wealthy people. But when it comes to your successful owners, they they almost need to be seen and not heard too at times. Because I, I've seen owners come out in various sports and say, uh, yeah, this player, this player, I want this player to be, and I'll just use the Cardinals for example. We've never heard to it say this, but uh, he's got to be a Cardinal for life. Or he, yeah. this guy's going to be a Texan for life. I want him to be a Texan for life. And you wind up speaking to the fan base because the fan base is a little upset because the negotiations between the team and the player maybe not going that well, right? You don't want to do that either because you're almost screwing your, your GM. Because the agent hears that and is like, really? You want my guy, Brad Thompson, to be a Cardinal for, what, for life, huh? Well, it's going to cost you. I think owners can kind of step in it that way, too, trying to speak to the fan base, trying to calm the fan base down a little bit when they just need to allow allow their GMs or their president of of baseball operations to just do their thing. You hired them for a reason, so let them them do do their job. But I wanted to ask you – go ahead. No, I was going to say that's actually a really good point, Anthony, because um, and I think this happens maybe on an ownership level, maybe more so than it does from a GM or president of baseball operations level of emotional signings. Yes. So, hey, this guy has been here for a long time. We'd love for him to be here for another year. We give him a bunch of money. It's not worth it. Like, right. Those things end up biting you at some point. So like, you do need somebody to be able to slap your wrist every once in a while. Be like, no, no. <laughs> No, that's not that's not what is going to help this ball club. Let him go. He can't do it. He's too old. No, that's a good one. But you had a question. What was it? Steve Cohen. Where would you put Steve Cohen into this now? This conversation. I think that uh, I think that Steve Cohen started out as the owner that operated it as if it was his fantasy team. Where he did go out there. I mean, he did. He, yeah. he went out there, and not just a normal snake draft. This was an auction, and he outbid everybody. <laughs> and somehow, somehow he ended up having more cash, had a bigger bankroll yeah. than everybody else. That, that's how he went about it. I think like in anything else in life, and he is a very, very successful human being, one of the richest men on the face of the earth, you learn. You learn from mistakes that you end up making. You learn that just throwing money at things isn't exactly what it's all about. Maybe you learn that there are different aspects of the organization that you want run differently. And to his credit, he brings in David Stearns from the Brewers, who has done a really good job over there. So he's got a new president of baseball operations that can really run things a different way and start building a model and start building a franchise that they have a direction instead of just vigilante going out there and just spending all of this cash but I think that he's gonna gonna learn from that and I think that there were some of the conversations which maybe he thought were gonna be private between him and Max Scherzer before Scherzer got dealt but Scherzer basically said yeah he told us he's not spending any money next year so I want it out (laughs) like 
you 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 have a good team. You have a good nucleus over there. Now it's trying to figure out how to best piece it together. But yeah. I think that he, to me, he would be an owner that you would want. I don't think that he's going to meddle in, in, uh, a lot. I think that he wants to win and he is motivated. Like I kind of put him in, maybe not the the same level of it, but I kind of put him in that Mark Cuban sort of yeah. uh, sort of bucket where like Cuban's a perfect example. For- who wouldn't want to play for Mark Cuban? Like yep. he is incredibly passionate. Maybe you don't need him on the court uh, going after the referees, but maybe yeah. you kind of like that. Sure, he gives the players everything that he could possibly give them, yep. give them all the creature comforts, and he like truly cares about it. But he also is a guy that is going to allow his group and his front office to work, and then you bring him your proposals. And the guy knows a little bit about proposals with Shark Tank and every other venture that he's had in no his kidding. life, and he's going to make what he believes to be the best possible decision i think that you like guys like that yeah good call on that uh, it reminds me of what jamie used to talk about when he got to the red wings yeah and mike illich went to him and mike illich of course uh no longer you know no longer with us he passed away but mike illich ran the red wings and he had, uh he told all the players in detroit including jamie tell me what you need now so that you don't come back to me after we don't win and you say we we should have had this. Yeah. I mean, how how great is that? I mean, the expectation. I mean, he he squeezed me a little bit too. Say, like, hey, tell me whatever you need, but then go win. But I I think that players respond to that well, and uh, the owners or the fans too say, look, my owner my my owner gives a crap. I'll give him my my money because he's trying. Works both yeah, ways. no excuses, right? Yep. No excuses. It's hey, tell me what you need to win. We will go get that. Now there is uh, we could use. Let's localize it again. All right, for the Cardinals, if if Bill Dewitt goes to Mo, which you know they've already had all these conversations. Tell me what you need to win in 2024. Now it's going to be a pretty good list, and it's probably going to have a lot of dollar signs next to it. But just having that list, and even if you have his blessings, that okay, go do it doesn't mean it's going to happen True. because as we've talked about before you have to have both parties have to pick each other if, if nola is the main target and i think that nola would be a very good main target to have i saw a number uh, the other day since 2017 i think he's got the third highest war among pitchers uh, in all of baseball it's a guy that you'd love to be able to bring into the fold but if he wants to go back to philly or if he wants to go to a coast or you know whatever it is the money's going to be there from a lot of different ball clubs like just having that blessing doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen but it certainly makes things a lot easier instead of having to, to to use something that we've talked about before, zig when everybody else is zagging. Like, oh, you guys are spending a lot of money on swing and miss? Look over here. I got a guy that gets ground balls at a great rate, even though that we can't shift anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's okay to have a guy or two like that on your staff, uh, but, but you can't have everybody like that on your staff. So you have to be able to keep up with the time. Good call. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. I'm going to switch things up a little bit. We are going to talk about the Rangers and whether or not the Rangers have done it right they, they've spent big speaking of their ownership group they kind of went all in uh what can the cardinals learn from that but coming up next still a little stalter stack up bt i'm struggling yes. with the bottom of the top 10 i need your help you in i got you yeah, yeah of course. you are of course you are bt that's my guy stalter stack up next on 101 espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn it's time for the Stalter Stackup, the top 10 teams in the NFL from the mind of Anthony Stalter. All right, BT. Let's do a little Stalter Stackup here. 
I want you to tell me where uh, where I got it wrong, okay? You start fighting back at any point. Sound good? Well, yeah, I can do that. Uh, real quick, before we get into the Stalter Stack Up, I do want to ask you, Anthony, um, what happened this week to us against the, the Riz Show yet again? Because, I mean, part of the Stack Up is just picking the right team. Teams yeah. that we think are going to be good. Teams mm-hmm. that we think are going to win football games at a high clip. And apparently we didn't pick those teams well enough this week. Well, uh, Marsh, Yeah, you... I, I happened, BT. That's what happened. Marsh, I've been uh, the guy at the bottom of that pile before. It doesn't feel good, especially no. when it's like solely your fault that the team lost. Like that is a that is a bad feeling. It's like standing on the mound when they're playing "Go Cubs, Go" at Wrigley. Mm. It is a bad, lonely, sad feeling, and it's one that you hope doesn't happen more than once. Inevitably, you know it will. That's the sad <laughs> part. Um, but uh, that's okay. We'll bounce back because I think I, I only had one more game than you. What did you get, six this week? I got seven. It was a rough week. It's been a weird NFL season. That's why I'm very interested in this Stalter stack-up, Anthony. BT, I appreciate you giving me one more than I actually got. I actually had five. Oh, damn. That's hard to get five. <laughs> Thank How? you. Did you pick blind? <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good week, but uh, like I said yesterday, uh, you know, we got a good group in that room that I think will build me back up to be better next week. Marsh is going to be better. I, I I believe in him. I've been getting too cute with my picks. I've been there before. Two years ago. Anthony, Anthony, you you have been in the past a mm. big overthink guy. Oh, yeah. Like you'd go in and be like, I don't know, this third string running back, he might get a couple <laughs> of snaps, and that's going to be the difference maker. That saw, happens at times. I saw this backup guard play, uh, play at UTEP, and oh, I know he uh, can play. So watching I, that Maction, and then I saw yeah. it as all 22, and I, boy, he really gets after right, it. All like, right, Anthony, let's get into your Stalter stack up. I want to hear this. Let's do it. Number one. Yeah, that's right. We start off with number one, BT. San Francisco 49ers. There's uh, there's no change at the top, no reason to change. They just had their quote-unquote litmus test against Dallas, and uh, I think they passed a flying color. So that's an easy one. That's a layup. San Francisco. Number two. I still got the Eagles. I got the Eagles, too. Uh, that's going to be an interesting NFC Championship game if that winds up being the 49ers and Eagles. And if it's still, if the Eagles position themselves to get the, the number one seed in the NFC and the 49ers got to go back to the link, I think that's going to be interesting. Otherwise, these are the top two teams in the league, top two teams in the NFC. Number three. Some people may some people may have fought me on this over the last couple of weeks. I keep saying that while I recognize some of the issues that the Chiefs have offensively, they still have Patrick Mahomes, they still have Andy Reid, banged up Travis Kelsey, gutted one out last week after getting hurt again. But the defense has been very good for Kansas City. In fact, I think they've been overlooked thus far, and they've played better than the offense. And you know, at some point, that offense is going to start firing on all cylinders. So at four and one, I got the I got the Chiefs at four. Number four. I didn't, or at number three, I should say. I didn't knock the Bills for their loss to the Jaguars in London. I looked at it and I said, okay, do I move the Dolphins back up against the Bills? We saw that. We saw that two weeks ago. Miami had an opportunity to take down Buffalo when they had their chance, and Buffalo ran roughshod over them. So I'm going to leave Buffalo at four. They stubbed their toe against Jacksonville in London. Kind of a goofy setup with them going out. You know, late and staying up and doing all that, trying to adjust to the time. I think they overthought it and wound up losing to a Jacksonville team that might be finding its stride. But I got Buffalo at four. Number five. Now I got Miami five. Miami is a top five team. They've proved it each and every week. They haven't faced necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, the gauntlet of, of opponents thus far. But boy, when they have won, they have won big. 
They've got the Panthers and then the Eagles, so not a big test this week. But then next week they got another de- another test. Number six. I got to move Jamie's Lions up to, to number six. They continue to take care of business again. Not a good opponent with Carolina, but what do you do against bad opponents? You score, you hang forty two on them and blow them out. This is an interesting game this week. They're going to Tampa. They take on Shaky Bakey and company, and the Buccaneers' defense has played very well. So this is one of the more intriguing matchups this upcoming week, but I got the Lions at six. Number seven. I moved Jacksonville back where I think a lot of people would have had them at the start of the season. I got Jacksonville at number seven. I, I think that when you look at some of their their losses this year, uh, to, you know, the one to Houston, that that's a head-scratcher. Uh, and then you look at you know Kansas City where he couldn't move the ball. You say, okay, well, you kind of expected more. But over the last two weeks, they've won their two games in London. They look good, man. That offense is starting to hum a little bit. And that defense statistically might not be ranked very high. But I I think when it's all said and done, Jacksonville is going to be right in this 6-7 range. I got them at 7. Number 8. You don't play, you get moved up. I got Seattle at number 8. I can't say that I'm a huge believer in Seattle's defense, but they've played very well and they've taken care of business thus far, and they're the only team to beat the Lions, who I've got at number 6. So I think it's fair to take Seattle at number 8, especially when you get to these other teams. Number 9. I got Dallas. Marsh said, you know, you got the Cowboys in the top 10. Why? I, I, think, <laughs> Dallas, I think Dallas is a good team that's not great. I think they're a good team that's not bad. You know, it's one of those deals. So I I think that Dallas still has enough talent, even even with some of the questions that San Francisco now, you know, put forth on Sunday night. I think they're still a top ten team, but boy, they look terrible on Sunday night. Number ten. I'm gonna cling on to this one. I still got Baltimore in my top ten. Boy, they looked bad, but they should have won that game against Pittsburgh. If Lamar doesn't throw a horrible interception uh, off the muffed punt. They win that game, and you know where do we have them? I still have them in my top ten, but boy, they've got a lot of issues. Defensively, they're fine. Offensively, they're kind of a version of Minnesota, where they're turning the ball over consistently in opponent territory, and uh, you know taking bad set. Lamar's taking some bad sacks. They don't have a running game, so they've got a lot to figure out. But I still have them ahead of teams like the Chargers, uh, and you know I don't know who else you'd kind of sneak in there. Maybe Tampa. You know, maybe 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 I got. Tampa wrong on this, and I should have them at 10. But they got an interesting test against the Lions, so if they beat the Lions, we'll move them into the top 10. All right, we, uh, we've we got to get to Jeremy Rutherford. He's next. He's going to join us talk a little blues ahead of Blue Stars tomorrow. That's next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
news, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN 304. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brad Thompson is with me for the 3 o'clock hour, filling in for Jamie Rivers today. And uh, Dan McLaughlin is in the bullpen, ready to go. He's he's going to be here at uh, 4 o'clock, and he's got the, the final two hours. But let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're joined by our guy, Jeremy Rutherford. Talk about the Blues at J.P. Rutherford, of course, is where you can follow him on Twitter and JR covers the Blues for The Athletic. What's up, JR? Oh, not too much. Just first flight of the year to Dallas out here at Lambert now. You know, I had to uh, take the shuttle over here, broke down a couple times. I think I'm on the same flight as JK and Riv, and I'm just waiting for their Escalade to pull up and drop them off here at, at Lambert. That that makes sense, JR. Yeah, just make sure you get next to them because they're going to they're gonna get some sort of benefits. You know that. Uh <laughs> Jer, what is what is the thing? And let's just focus on the stars matchup specifically. What's the thing that we should be kind of looking out for storyline wise as the Blues get ready to take on the stars in you know twenty seven hours or so? Yeah, I think it's something that Doug Armstrong touched on today. He had a little uh, media scrum ten o'clock this morning and, and said what he's going to be looking for. Anthony and BT is uh, the team playing together for each other, 30,000 feet up in the air. He's going to be watching to see if there's that team attitude. And I really do think that's the biggest thing. I mean, we can break down all the positions we want. We've done that for a few months now, all the uh, competition, who needs to play well, things like that. Uh, but this team needs to put forth an effort. And I thought Doug was pretty upfront and honest when I asked him, is this a playoff team? And he said he's eyeing that third place in the Central Division. He thinks that they can be in the middle third of the league and uh, hopefully the upper side of that middle third. So to me, if the Blues are going to be that team, we've got to see that team mentality right out of the gate against this Dallas team. Yeah, that toughness is definitely going to have to show up. And, and one thing, Jr., that I think is going to be be tough, maybe for a couple of guys. Look, you've got Cairo and Thomas both starting their big eight-year deals. What do you think it's going to be like for these guys now being the hunted? When somebody's game planning for the offense for the Blues, it's Cairo, it's Thomas, and it, look, it, they don't have the veteran guys to lean on when it comes to that. How big of an adjustment do you think it is for those two? I think it's a big thing, especially it's going to be a big thing for Cairo. I think Thomas, he's been stepping into O'Reilly's shoes the past couple of years, and he's kind of felt that. Uh, with Cairo, he's kind of had Tarasenko up there, and maybe he's playing second-line minutes, third-line minutes, getting 16, 17 minutes a game. But you know, now he's probably going to get a little more ice time, and the focus is going to be on him. And so as you look at Jordan Cairo moving forward, what did he take into the summer, BT? What did, what did he, how did he understand it when Craig Bruby said, hey, this isn't junior hockey? By all accounts, he's looked pretty good in camp. He's also you know, tried to improve the maturity, the, the professionalism. You know, there was a lot of talk at the end of the year, Justin Falk being one of those veterans who said that we let that slide, and I think Cairo was one of those guys. So if he's going to be the type of guy who can deal with that pressure and that spotlight and still try to perform, He's got to improve in all those areas that I just mentioned. And I think, you know, so far it's early, but uh, he's off to a good start. JR, I was looking at your site, The Athletic, today, and I saw that uh, there was an article about NHL coaching hot seat. Why should or shouldn't these nine coaches be worried? And they listed the odds. They say Vegas odds. I imagine they're they're talking about off, offshore odds because I can't imagine that Vegas Sportsbook has these. But um, 
the first name on top of the list in terms of you know like best odds to get fired is Craig Berube. I know that this has been a little bit of a, a national topic of conversation, and am I, am I being naive to believe that Craig Berube is just going to be is going to be just fine? Well, if you're being naive, then I'm being naive because that's the way I see it as well. I agree with you, and and you know DJ Smith is a guy who's uh, at the top of that list, the Ottawa coach Craig Berube's run second place in a lot of the polls. You know that do that uh, first coach fired thing, and you know I look, I see the past couple of years it hasn't been, uh, especially last year what Blues fans wanted, but Craig Bruby's got two years left on the deal. They allowed him a little uh, leeway with who he hired as the assistant coaches. He brings in Mike Weber, who's really close with, uh, with Steve Ott, and I think they got Craig Bruby's input on some of this. And, you know, you look at the, the roster, uh, some of these guys that they brought in are, are Craig Bruby-style guys, especially the big guys on those third and fourth lines, so I think they want to get back to that kind of style. So, to me, Anthony, it doesn't speak to anything where they look like they're going in a different direction. And I realize that wouldn't be the case at the start of the season. If things go south with the roster they put together, could certainly be the case. I don't see any outlook where the Blues are going into this season looking for the first sign of, of uh, failure for, to fire Craig Bruby. So, Jr., how do you evaluate Craig Berube this year? I mean, is it simply wins and losses? Is it the identity if the team plays like you want them to? Is it defensively if they are sound like they should be and doesn't look anything like last year? Like, like how does that look? Where is that grading scale for him? Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think it's looking for that identity, uh, and, and it's cliche, but just that you're moving in the right direction. They've got a lot of good prospects coming in the next couple of years. Is Craig Berube going to be around? To coach these guys, I think it is going to come down to, even though I, I don't think he's uh, necessarily uh, viewed as, as a guy that they want to move on from at the first uh, sign of failure, I do think that they say to Craig, listen, we're putting the type of guys that you want out on the ice. We're playing the style that you want to play. you got your assistant coaches. we got everything the way you like it. Now, if we see a team that's not competing and not doing the things that we want to see, then, then certainly they could go in a different direction. So I think that uh, if, you, if you look at the big picture, that's what Craig Ruby's team this year has to show them. And I think that's why the emphasis from Craig Ruby and also some of these leaders like a Braden Shen, you know, it's nothing but pride, work ethic. Those are the types of words they're using. I think that's the type of team they want to be. And if they don't show that, then that's where I think you could start to see reasons why there could be a change. With uh, Jeremy Rutherford, it's the fast line on 101 ESPN. Jared, when it, when you look at this current roster and you look at it compared to last year, one of the points that I have made is that yeah, there's there's some changes, but there's there's also guys that are not on one year contracts anymore. I, I think that 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 factors in. How much can be said for these guys know that you've got a but a slew of guys that have their money that have no trade clauses so this they know this is going to be the group for better or worse moving forward here for the, at least the next couple of years how much do you think that impacts the, the players on the ice yeah that's a definitely a fair point i mean when you look at some of these guys you know four years for krug and falk and letty's got three years left you know some of these guys uh Kyru, thomas younger guys they've got the long-term deals Pareko still got a lot of years there's a lot of term and you know there's something to be said for that i, I really do agree with that anthony that uh you know, how much can things change in the next couple of years if these guys don't perform well but yet still have that term? Here's what I fall back on. Doug Armstrong has said it a million times, that if he wants to make changes, he'll make changes. And I realize he didn't make that happen with Tory Krug this year, and he wanted to. Tory Krug invoked that no-trade protection. But I think if we get into another offseason next year where the Blues miss the playoffs this year and they don't show these things that we just talked about with a Craig Bruby-style team, 
I think Doug Armstrong is going to find a way to move a couple of these guys out. They might not get what they should for some of these guys, but I think that Doug Armstrong is going to explore those options and try to move some guys. JR, I know that we probably talked about this all offseason long, but uh, act like I wasn't paying attention. I was, but just act <laughs> like I wasn't. Um, why is this, just explain to me, or Blues fans as they're eagerly watching this game tomorrow against Dallas, explain to me why and how this defensive core is going to be better than they were a year ago with essentially the same pieces. Well, I can't tell you that it will be because in two or three weeks we could be doing this show and talking about how the defense looks the same as it did last year. So I want to stress that first and foremost. I don't want people coming back to me saying that, uh, hey, I told you it wasn't going to be any good. You said it would. But I do think two reasons. If you're being an optimist, if you're being a guy who says, okay, I get it, the contract situation, they had to bring these guys back, but here's why they're going to be better. First of all, I think it is a little bit of pride. You have players, and, and Jamie will tell you, you know, these guys have been in the league and been good players when you talk about Pareko and Krug and, and Letty and Falk and these guys, and they know how bad it was last year. You know, I think you're going to have the forwards playing for them more this year because, hey, look, the D took a lot of, a lot of the onus for the, the way that last year went. And then second of all, I think the system change. I think the way that they're packing in it in a little bit, you know, they're going to protect the slot better. At least that's the way they're drawing it up on paper. They're going to try to push stuff to the outside. I think we're going to see a different style. But you can change the system. You still need guys to make the plays, to block the shots, to get in the corners, to do these things. That's why, you know, you talk to Mike Weber, uh, and, and people will tell you that Mike Weber is a guy who, who gets his guys to play for each other, and so that's what we're going to need to see. So to me, it's the pride factor, and it's the, the, the change in scheme that I think could make this defense better, even though there weren't any changes in terms of personnel. JR, we know you got a flight to catch, so good luck covering uh, the Blues tomorrow night or have fun, and, you know, we're going to be looking forward to your, your first recap of the new NHL season, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. All right, sounds good. With Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Did the Texas Rangers get it right with the way that they spent? It's kind of hard to argue that with the fact that they're undefeated right now in the MLB postseason, but how much can the Cardinals take from that model? That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And there's a swing and there's a drive. Deep right field. That one's on its way. That ball is history. Way up in the lower deck. Takes to Corey Seager. You're risking that. It's 1-0 Rangers in the first. BT DJ Marshy Marsh was playing around with some Creed there. I love it. I love it. I think that that is the biggest key to success for a team, for an organization. Look, it's not about spending a half a billion dollars on two free agents a couple of years ago who are, by the way, playing really well. It's not about signing uh, guys like DeGrom, who only pitched six games for you, trading for Max Scherz, who is currently uh, hurt. Hopefully he'll be back for the ALCS. It's about finding a band that gets you going (laughs) and then riding the wave. And that's exactly what they have found with Creed. Now, I wouldn't have expected Creed being the uh, the band, Mm -hmm. but uh, Anthony Anthony, I think they found it, and I also think that Creed is crapped on more than they probably should be. 
You know, their first album, uh, their first album was solid. Their second album was pretty good too. You know, there's there's some songs that uh, I'm not necessarily uh, a fan of, but give Sing me em. give me a little my own prison. Stop. Come on, solid. It's a good message Look, message there too. You know, I will take that song with arms wide open. To be honest with you, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> There you go. Well done. So would Marsh, apparently. We just got a text from the 618. Why did I just start floating in my car when Creed started you playing? You know why. <laughs> what, just once that Creed hits your, your ear hole, you just start elevating. That's what happens. All right, Anthony, yeah. I would just say Creed is inside us all. Oh, you know uh, I mean? absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do you have any other references to their, their songs? What if I did, Anthony? <laughs> you know, what if? But I don't. <laughs> that one almost got past me. <laughs> All right, let's talk about these Rangers. These unbeaten Rangers. Is the uh, is the big takeaway, I'm sure some people will jump to this conclusion, it's a big takeaway just, hey, listen, they spent on Marcus Simeon, they spent on Corey Seager, two years later, boom, ALCS. Is that the message? It's not uh, that shouldn't be lost in the message for sure that they went out and acquired two of the top free agents in the market and they spent a half a billion dollars doing so like that absolutely is part of it. And then they also supplemented. Remember in that same year too, Anthony, they signed John Gray yep. during that year. Was uh, that Eovaldi? Uh, no, Ivaldi, I think, was Ivaldi this, uh, this year. Yeah, and he's got one more year under contract, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but they signed DeGrom. I know, again, five years, $185 million, had a lot of question marks, unfortunately been hurt for the whole year. They also signed Andrew Haney uh, for this year, and I believe that he's got an option for the next year. Martin Perez, they gave him the QO. He ended up taking the qualifying offer. Like, they went out and supplemented quite a bit. But here's the thing. Yes, they spent, and that is a big thing. You don't go from 60 wins or whatever it was a couple of years ago without adding a ton of talent. They were moving into a big ballpark, a new ballpark. They wanted to show out with a good team, and they added to it. So so that is a big thing. But they also have drafted well recently. They have made some smart trades. They've added. They added at the deadline. We mentioned Scherzer, and again, I hope just for baseball standpoint, and obviously being a local guy, I want to see Scherzer pitching on the biggest stage. I know that he threw a bullpen the other day. Uh, other day his eyes are set, uh, and both the brown eye and the blue eye <laughs> are set on I was wondering pitching if you're in the ALCS. Slip that in. Yeah, I had to. Um, <laughs> So old brown eye is going to get ready, and hopefully we get a chance to see him because I really uh, I just enjoy. He's one of my favorite pitchers uh, to watch. But they bolstered their bullpen also, and then they've got some young guys that are are doing it too. So it's not just like one thing. They got a 21 year old Evan Carter who has been tearing He's been it incredible. up. Incredible, dude! The dude had 23 games this year, Anthony, in in the big league level. He's hitting for power. He's got bat to ball skills. He doesn't chase a lot. He goes and gets it with the glove. He's got speed. Like they're doing a little bit of everything with this ball club. Yeah, you're right. They've got the right mixture. They've got the right mixture of free agents that they brought in that also meshed, which as we found out with the Padres and Mets, you can bring in free agents. You can bring in studs, but if they don't mesh with with the rest of your roster, it's not going to matter because high, high-priced high stars can also find ways, ways to lose games. You know, it... 
it doesn't it doesn't just guarantee that you're gonna you're gonna win a bunch of games when when you've got Manny Machado and you've got Fernando Tatis and uh, Juan Soto on the same team. You, you, everybody's got to mesh together. So they bring in Simeon, they bring in Corey Seager, two very well liked players within that clubhouse. As you mentioned, uh, th- this kid Evan Carter has been sensational, but they got some other. You know, Mitch Garver had uh, a, a bit of a streak there where he hit a bunch of home runs in I think either September or yeah September or. Um, August, you know, he he went off. Robbie Grossman was was out there in Oakland forever, just kind of toiling away, and he's been a good, you know, he was a good addition. They have they have that mix of young young players, veteran players, and then guys like Adolis Garcia who just needed a little bit more around him so that he can just go out and do his thing. He hits the big home run last night. This is this is a great mix. And oh, by the way, yeah, you, you know, you you hired Bruce Bochy. Who is this calm, even demeanor? As you have mentioned uh, a lot, he's got that big helmet for a head, so he's incredibly smart, and he's been there. He knows exactly how to win. He's done it three separate times with three different versions of the, of, of you know Giants teams, and I wouldn't put it past him to do it again this year with the Rangers. Anthony, if uh, and I think I'm glad that you brought up Bruce Bochy uh, because that was one of the biggest things that Chris Young, their GM, who was who took over for uh, for Daniels over there, like, that was one of his biggest first things that he had to do was bring in a new manager. What direction are they going to go? And when you already poured all those assets into the players and you believe in the group that you have and you believe that that group could go out and at least compete for the division in a very talented division that had the Astros in it. Um, you, you need to have good leadership. And Boach, you know, was going to retire, or did retire, but they pulled him out of it. They also bring in uh, the veteran pitching coach in Mike Maddox, who was going to retire, and then Boach called him with his big old head and said, hey, you want to come here? <laughs> the ballpark's 20 minutes away from your house. And he said, hell yeah, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, by the way, we're going to spend silly money and get you a bunch of good pitchers. Uh, that that it was probably a nice one, too. No, but they, they did a good job with that leadership. They, you think about about that with Bochi, who's been there and done that. He's won a, a bunch of championships. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, it, when that ogre addresses the room, <laughs> I say that lovingly. Like you're going to listen. Like you're right. going to sit there, and he, he's just he's going to be talking. You're like nod your head for fear of him eating you. And it's it's like yes, like I am I am absolutely uh, going to buy into everything that he said. So right now, so. It, I think the narrative, though, that you hit off the top, Anthony, was the Rangers, the way that they did it was they simply spent money. You spend money, that equates to winning. Yes, but. like mm-hmm. it's Or yes, and. Right. You know, and you have to get the right deals done. You mentioned Garver. That's a trade with the Twins. Like They, they brought in different guys in different trades. Montgomery, obviously, is a guy. Stratton is a guy that threw more innings than any reliever in baseball and was a very steadying p- uh, presence to their bullpen. And again, with, with the Rangers, if anything's going to slow them down, it's going to be their pen. There's been no slowing them down at this point. I thought it was interesting uh, with them. They have the lowest save percentage – well, they had the lowest save percentage in baseball. It's actually the lowest save percentage at 47.6, Anthony, to ever even make it into the postseason. Wow. So at some point, I mean, you wonder if that's going to rear its ugly head, but you also have a, a lineup that can bang with anybody. you got some starters that you believe in, even though it's not the ones that you expected it to be off the top. They yeah. love Montgomery. They love Evaldi, and Evaldi's been a big game guy. He stepped up in the postseason before. So I think that they have a good nucleus. But 
You better have your young players. You better have, and they have a young player. Uh, it, it's Josh Young, uh, who has, <laughs> has done a good job for them as well. They've got a very good catcher, by the way. Jonah Heim is a guy that, yeah. that I don't think he gets talked about a lot. And offensively, he, he is very fine. Defensively, he might be the best catcher in baseball. When you look at some of the metrics, he's got the most defensive runs saved behind the plate. Uh, and that makes a big-time difference. So uh, I think that they have got a good nucleus. And then when you look at some of the pitching, because they went out and spent on pitching, they've got pitching in the pipeline, too. You know, they've, they've got a couple of uh, right-handers that they really like in Brock Porter. They've got Jack Leiter coming down the fold. Uh, they've got Kumar Rocker still that, he, you know, he missed time uh, with, with the injury, but they, they are high on him. They've got Owen White. They've got different high upside guys that they hope, you know, once some of these contracts start coming off for some of these pitchers, that those guys are going to be ready. That ends up being the key, man. You don't want to be going to free agency every year trying to plug every single hole. You want to make sure that you can plug some of the holes, and this is where the Cardinals, I, I think that this is where you try to take a page out of their book. Yeah, you plug some holes right now. You plug a couple of holes in that rotation, just like the Rangers were able to do. But then once those those holes are filled, you have guys that are ready to come take those spots and not take them at 4 or 5 in the rotation. Take them at 1, 2 in the rotation. Well said, BT, including uh, turning Bruce Bochy into Shrek, basically. Nice job. I really was picturing Shrek. Yeah, That's I, exactly I could, what it was. I could that feel it. And the, have you ever seen the movie Big Fish, Anthony? I don't think so. so. No, it doesn't sound familiar. All right, familiar. so it's, it's a weird movie, but there's an ogre in it, all right? This uh-huh. big ogre. And I forget the ogre's name, but everybody was scared of him. And one of the like, first things he says to people is like, I'm not going to eat you. Like, everybody was worried that he was going to eat. Like, that's kind of Bochy, too. <laughs> you're, you're an ogre. Why wouldn't you eat me? And they, but he is Bruce, a big ogre. He is, but, but he him. just wins World Series. That's all he does. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. It's time. It's time to prove me wrong. Send in a prove me wrong statement, 314-399-9646. This is uh, BT's first opportunity. So if you have a prove me wrong statement that BT and I will collaborate and, and try to prove you wrong, send it in, and we'll do that next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. All right. This is Brad Thompson's first experience with Prove Me Wrong. This is where you, the listener, send in a sports-related statement, and Brad and I argue against it like it's the court of law, and Marsh is the judge. So this should be interesting. Uh, Brad, I think you're going to do very well with this. 
So just to, to clarify here, no matter what my real thoughts are or the actual stance I have, all of that is thrown out the window, and I just do whatever it takes to win the case, correct? That's that's correct. Oh, yes. like a real lawyer. Morals gone. Just it, boom, listen, whatever it takes. You know, sometimes these defense lawyers, they have a pretty good idea that their client absolutely stabbed that person 27 times, but... It wasn't up. his knife, Anthony. It wasn't his wasn't knife. wasn't his knife. Or he was insane. Either way. Yep. So that's your job, too. You're a defense lawyer today. Sound good? Done. Marsh, what do you got for us? All right, gentlemen, from the 636, prove me wrong. The Cards did enough last offseason. Their bad year was just a result of some bad breaks and poor performances that couldn't be predicted. Brad, if I may here, I'll take this one, okay? Um, no, that, uh, that was not a fluke last year. You look back the last couple of seasons, the missteps taken by the front office to not bring in quality pitching constantly, over and over again. Looking at starting pitching that could help them in the offseason or at the trade deadline, and John Mosaloc saying, no thank you, I've got what we have. Well, guess what? Got what you had? Ruined you this year. You can't just make one offseason move and say that you're good. This is a a culmination of problems and again missteps over the last couple of years that led to this fracturing of a season you don't go from playoff team to worst year in franchise history and have it be a fluke this my friends was no fluke anthony you thank you you put out some details there that i absolutely agreed with and for that you have proved this listener wrong. I have won this case. Golly, uh, Anthony, and what you did is you took one for the team. So I think they <laughs> threw that out there to make me bash the team, and boy, I'm glad you took advantage. Way to go, team player. I've uh, I've had to take take some for Jamie as well with the Blues, so yeah. I, I was ready yeah, to step well in. Yeah, I appreciate. No, I appreciate you allowing me have that to have that that moment. That there, was all you. Yeah. My uh, my my people told me to plead the fifth. Okay, <laughs> Anthony, we got a text from the six three six. That says Stalter took a broken bottle to the Cards front office. I certainly did. On that one. Yeah, I certainly did. Well said. Where'd he put it? Uh, right in their faces. Right mm. in their face. That's a good place for it. Yeah. All right, next one from the 314. Prove me wrong. Mizzou will beat Kentucky. Brad, do you want to take this one, or you want you want me to, to handle this? Look, no, here's the thing. I, I, I'll... Uh... Mizzou always does this to you, okay? You think they're going to be good, and then you're, you're Eli Drinkwitz in the wrong stuff, okay? You're Eli <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're good. Okay, oh, tight game against LSU. That was a good game, right? That was a, that was a good loss. But then that good loss is going to turn into a, another loss. And then another loss, and and then probably another loss after that because that's exactly what continues to happen over and over again. So, look, you can get as high as you want to get, and I suggest it. But I do think that you should probably just be a realist here and just realize that they're going to lose because you think they're going to win. They're going to zig when you expect them to zag, Anthony. Well said. Give it to them. Yes. Brett, I really like what you had to say there. We talked about it yesterday, or maybe it was on Monday, but there are some decisions that have been made throughout the course of the season by Coach Drink that uh, I think a lot of people would find suspicious. And you laid it out there, Brad. So for that, 
you have won this case. I also like the play on words there from from BT. Your Eli drink, drinking wits, the wrong Kool Aid. Yes. Yeah. What I lack in actual content, I can make up for in witty uh, things. So. No doubt, witty banter. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Next one from the three one four. Prove me wrong. The Cards would have won a World Series with Randy Arozarena and Odolis Garcia. Pretty Ooh. simple one, Anthony. Go for it, BT. Well, here's the thing. Look, would the Cardinals be a better ball club with Randy Arozarena uh, in in the outfield and Adolis Garcia? Look, bear, you look at the numbers. It's hard to say. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. Fine. Yes, they'd be a better ball club. Now, here's my question to you: Can Randy Arozarena or Adolis Garcia pitch? Because if they can, get them on the bump and give them a call. But if they can't, they're not going to help you win a World Series. The offense wasn't an issue for the Cardinals team, at least until down the stretch when everybody was banged up. The pitching staff was the biggest issue for this team. So even if you had those guys the last couple of years, they're still not going to win you a championship unless you can pitch. We talked about it earlier, Anthony. You better be a complete ball club to go out there and, first of all, give yourself a chance to make the postseason and then to ultimately win so those guys make you better of course but do they put you over the top to win a championship i would say absolutely not Bang! he got it well done brad you had well me at done. pitching <laughs> <laughs> you had me at pitching can they, can they pitch no done <laughs> argument over all right from the 618 prove me wrong jordan love is closer to a tony banks than an aaron Rodgers. okay come on here look you know what you know what aaron Rodgers did in his first five games his numbers didn't look that much better than Jordan Love's first five games. That's where Jordan Love is right now. You know what Aaron Rodgers did in his fifth game? He threw a back-breaking interception in a loss for the Packers. You know what Love did in his fifth game? He threw three of those. Granted, that's two more than Rodgers did, but the point remains the Packers lost that game too. No Aaron Jones. His receivers, the same young receivers that Rodgers said a year ago that we all made excuses for when it came to Rodgers. The receivers are too young. Same group here that Jordan Love is working with, yet Rodgers had Aaron Jones for all of, la- all of last year. Love has only had him for fractions of games. We got to wait a little bit here before we determine what Jordan Love is. To call him Tony Banks or uh, Tony Romo or any Tony. Uh, I think it's just a little... Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. It's a little too soon for that. Oh, come on. Anthony, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. In ever, Bob? His stats are not that great. Is his completion percentage atrocious? Sure. But other than that, it's bad. It's been bad. Let's do one more from the 636. Prove me wrong. The Vegas Golden Knights will repeat as NHL Stanley Cup champions. Are you kidding me with that scoring? You know how hard it is? Yeah, I do, Brad. Oh, you know how hard it is to repeat. Let's tag team this. Okay. okay? Yeah. Let's go back and forth on this one. Just just beat this thing up. Sure. Look, I am uh I, I am in Las Vegas currently. Okay. Watching the spectacle that was their their ceremony last night. Fantastic. Boy, were the fans into it. Yes. Has this been a long suffering uh, uh hockey fan base? Of course, of course, hadn't won <laughs> a Stanley Cup until last year. Are they talented enough to win it again? You bet your sweet ass they are. Of course they are. Far more talented than other teams that we talk about daily. But, but 
It is Whoa, incredibly crap. hard. It, it doesn't, Anthony. I'm doing it the thing yep, for the nope, thing. Go for it. It is so hard to win it. The gauntlet of a an NF, uh, NHL season. The playoffs beat you the hell up. They're gonna fall short. They're gonna fall short of this one, Anthony. It's not because of talent. It's gonna be because of the fact that they were worn. Down. No doubt. Uh, the scoring, too. I mean, yeah, sure, they'll balance scoring. They're going to be great and all that. Okay. Can you do it two years in a row? I don't think so. And how many goaltenders are you going to use this time? That was a fluke last year. Our uh, our case has been arrested here. Hmm. This one's tough because, my goodness, did they look good last night as they defeated the Seattle Kraken but I agree, it is tough to go back-to-back, even though the Tampa Bay Lightning just did it a few years ago. Nah, di- different team. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Brad, well done, man. I think you survived. I kind of enjoy that segment. Uh, the, the ones that are difficult are uh, the ones where you totally don't believe anything that you're saying, yeah, but you tough. pawn it off as you do. I think the it's first the job. Yeah, I think the first time we did this, didn't we get a text, Marsh, that, that said, wow, you guys are excellent at BSing. Yeah. Something to that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to that degree, yeah. Well, sometimes you got to say things that you don't believe. I think that's um, that's just part of life, really. So we take that and then we make it into a segment. It's called "Prove Me Wrong." Brad, you had mentioned something to us in the break after we did the Stalter Stack Up, a question that we all thought was fascinating. We're going to do that next on One Hundred One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred One ESPN. So we were running through the Stalter stack up earlier in the show, and when we got to break, Brad Thompson goes, uh, hey, here's a here's a good question for you. And Marsh and I thought it was fascinating. So BT, I won't I won't steal your thunder. What was the question that you had once we got through the Stalter stack up? Yeah, look, it was you were hemming and hawing at the back end of it, right? And once we got to about six, you were kind of, I could do this way, I could yeah. go that way, seven, eight, nine, ten. And look, the, the whole Stalter stack up was a jumbled mess in the first place. It certainly My was, goodness. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you came up with some of those things. I'm just kidding. I agree Picked with the top hat. five. I don't, I don't agree in the order with some of those. Doesn't Ooh, matter. Yeah. What do you, uh, what, well, real quick, what's your top five? Doesn't matter. Uh, well, no, I had uh, – look, they're, they're all the same. You had one, two of uh, – 49ers, uh, Eagles. Niners, Eagles, yep. right? I still have it, and, and this isn't based upon what I've seen necessarily. This is based upon if I'm putting these two teams against each other, I'm still going Chiefs, too. I'm still picking them, too, because I believe that they are going to – if I put the Chiefs and the Eagles against each other, and we, we know when that would have to happen, I believe that the, the Chiefs would end up taking them down. That's the reason mm. that I went that direction. I think that the – Lions need to be higher. I had the Lions at four on this one, by the way, uh, because I am a firm believer in somebody that will bite somebody else's kneecaps. If you don't have that guy higher on a list and his team is showing out, like where are they weak in the first place? Uh, But we we had the same teams. They were just stacked differently. But my question was – how many teams, if that's the case, if we're hemming and hawing, if the back end of this top ten is so diluted where you're putting in teams that just look abysmal uh, the, the weekend before, how many teams, Anthony, can actually go and win a Super Bowl in your estimation? It's a, it's a great question. It is. It's a great question. Uh, Dan McLaughlin, who's going to be filling in from four to hey, six. Dan. Yeah. Dan, Dan's with us too. So, uh, Dan, BT, I think, throws out a very interesting question. 
I'll let's let's do an over under on this. Okay, right. I'll I'll set the over under of teams that can win a Super Bowl at five and a half. Do you think that we can collectively get over that number? No. So you're thinking four teams. You think four. Okay. What's yours? I got 49ers, yep. no particular order, Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins. Okay. So I got four. So Dan went under in that. What do you? What about you, yeah. BT? So I'm actually going gonna, gonna to take the under also, but I'm just going to add the Lions to that, and I got five teams. Lions? Yeah, that's right. I just talked about the kneecaps. Oh, you know, <laughs> the biting <laughs> thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big, big fan of that. And they don't have a weakness right now. Like, And they believe in themselves, you know. Look, uh, fear the team that thinks that they have no, uh, no, no issues at all. I think right. they're one of those teams. I think I would probably go 5-2, but believe it or not. 78, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, biting kneecaps. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably just go with the Bills, though. I would go with that 5. I would go with Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Lions got there. I actually wouldn't be shocked if Jacksonville started to play better and and got on a bit of a roll. But it stops it stops short with, you know, like, I don't think Dak Prescott's going to win Super Bowl. I was going to just ask you that. You can't go with Dallas no. now. No, I, I, I don't think Dak – I think Dak is – this is what happens. You know, you lose you lose a game like that on Sunday night, and everybody then tosses you into the your trash pile. He's not there, but he's not he's not winning a Super Bowl. He's not elite is what he's you're saying. He's not elite. He is, he is that um, 10 to 12 quarterback. You know, that quarter – you start to get through it, and then about 10, 11, 12, you're like, there's Dak. It was tough for me to keep out uh, Buffalo with Josh Allen. See, I got Buffalo in. I would say five. Okay. That's still you gave it at what five and a half? Five and a half. So we all went under on yeah. that. I said a bad number. I should have said four and a half. How you doing, BT? I'm doing great. I am doing great right now, especially since Anthony said the numbers wrong. He's out of practice. I'm out of practice. Because that was yep. that was an easy easy under right there. If if I said four and a half, BT, you would get to five. You would go over. Dan, you would have still said under. I would have said over. So that would, that's the appropriate number. I hate betting the under anyhow. Yeah. Hey, wh- what is going on when, when you're watching the Bills? Because you, you, you had them in, and we all everybody had them up very high early on. What are you seeing specifically? So the the Bills' problem moving forward here is they, they just lost – Madonna, who is by far their best defensive player, that is going to impact their defense incredibly. It, that that is the guy that you know from a pass rushing standpoint, from a, you know coverage linebacker standpoint, he's the guy. He kind of sets the tempo. Now they're going to get you know they got Von Miller back, and he'll they'll start to increase his reps and things moving forward. But I worry about the the pass rush. I give them a little bit of a pass with that that loss to Jacksonville. You, you're coming off the Miami win. And they, I think they got it wrong with their travel. They decided to fly out the what two days before, but they they flew out and then stayed up to try to get accustomed to the time change. I think they probably overthought it. Josh Allen was saying, "Yeah, I'm not much of a coffee drinker, but I had seven seven coffees today." <laughs> like they just they they started slow. They started, you know, and Jacksonville had been over there for a full week, so I I, I give them a pass. Other than that, you know, you lost to the Jets. In the early going there, but then you you beat the snot out of everybody else, including Miami. So I, I gotta I gotta pay the Bills some respect here, and their their schedule gets real light. You got the Giants, you got the Patriots before you take on the Bucks and Bengals, and then you get to like the Broncos and Jets again. I think they're gonna be fine. They're a playoff team, but losing Madano is such a significant issue for them, and they of course lost their top corner too in Tredarius Wright. I you, you've got you've got problems now 
uh, on on defense. But if Josh Allen can play like he he did against Miami, plays plays like that each and every week, that that's a tough team. That's a tough team to beat, especially in Buffalo in the postseason. Let me throw a curveball to you guys. What if, what if Joe Burrow was healthy? Joe Burrow looked healthy last week for the first time all year, and he looked spry and he looked angry. Yep. And would I wonder, he, would you throw him in? Let's say top eight that the Bengals would have a chance. They got to they got to show more moving forward because I actually was down on the Bengals coming in. I I didn't have them as a playoff really? team because they're off season losses. Team. Yeah, because they're off season losses, and I was worried about Joe Burrow with the calf injury. I was proven right, but last week I, I have been proven right for now. But last week, Danny, your point when I was watching that game against Arizona, Joe Burrow finally looked healthy. Yeah. I'm like, man, this he's he's hopping over defenders to avoid sacks and stuff. He looked good. BT, did you were you about, about to say something? No, I was going to ask you about another team because I know Dan had brought him up. He had the Dolphins in there. How how high are you, and how much are you believing in Tua? Who I mean, look, let's be honest, he's one hit away from not being out there. Like, yeah. how much do you believe in that club and what they could do? Because I, I love what they do. Uh, I I love their their coach, everything about them. I just don't know if I totally am bought in yet. So I had the Dolphins win in the AFC East when we did our predictions before the season. The the fact that they had three of their first four games on the road and they they won all of them except for Buffalo, I think is also an advantage. When you have to go down to South Beach, teams have typically struggled with that climate change. Like we talk about London being in, being a bit of a factor for whatever reason. You start to you start to go down to Miami. You know, we saw it with a college game. I can't remember what college game I was watching, but the kid the kids were like gassed. Um, it might have been one yeah, of the Texas games. South Beach, Anthony. That's South what Beach, it is. yeah. Nice call, BT. But uh, I've which had it... that problem too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit of the nightlife too. But uh, it's called Prive. It's hard to get into. But, you know <laughs> but guy, once you do, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Here's my question with Miami: When the weather starts to turn, how does this track team look? That's my question. And the defense has not played up to snuff thus far. I thought the defense would be better at this point, but. When you give up 48 to Buffalo and the Chargers, they could have they could have very easily lost the Chargers in Week One because the Chargers hung 34 on them. That's where your real questions are. Otherwise, I think they're a playoff team. What about if they have to go to Buffalo? That's the tr- late that's, in the season. You that's know? the trouble. Yeah. That's the trouble. And Buffalo again losing Madonna hurts, but their Buffalo's speed was good against Miami. Like when Miami goes against New England with no team speed, it's over. It's over before it starts. But teams like Buffalo that's got speed, Baltimore's got some speed. That those are the teams you want to avoid in the in the uh, postseason. You must watch a lot of tape. I just love I just love football. It's like you guys with baseball. You just watch. You just watch. Watch a lot of baseball. You watch a lot of postseason baseball. Dan. I do. You I do. It. BT, you watching much on the uh, postseason stuff? Yeah, I am. I, I've been thinking. We were talking about it earlier. The only disappointing part for me, Dan, is like they haven't. We haven't had these big games. I'm hoping the the Phillies and Braves series ends up going deep. I hope that the Twins can even things up against the Astros. We just haven't had too many fireworks in this one. How about no. the Astros? If they win again, that's seven ALCSs. I mean, that's you're getting close to dynasty. Yeah, getting yes. close to dynasty. You're getting close to what the Yankees were in the late '90s. You win. I, I say you win three within five. You're you're an automatic dynasty. You yeah. guys good with that? I'm I'm 100 percent with you. And they've got two in the one year they may or may not have been banging on trash cans. So they got two it. in four, four? years. Okay. I think it's four. So let's say they win this year. They got to win one more within that five year range. How about that? Yeah. 
I, the, to me, that's a dynasty. Yep, you I win agree. three, that's a dynasty. Uh, Dan McLaughlin's going to be with me for the next two hours. BT, great stuff, man. Love having you on the show, and we'll we'll be seeing you a lot with Jamie uh, on the road with the Blues. Yeah, enjoyed the last two hours. You want to talk about dynasty? It's going to be the next two hours with you guys. I man, can't wait well to said. Wow, how nice is that? Man with words, and he is so nice. The transitions are fantastic. BT, good, be good, brother. We'll see you. All right, gentlemen. Talk to you later. Good luck with the family too. I'm going to need it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> the best. I'm, I'm excited to be out here in Vegas. <laughs> I know you're dealing with a lot of stuff, though. I meant it sincerely. Good luck with everything. No, appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. You got it, buddy. Uh, that's Dan McLaughlin. He's going to be with me the next two hours, including next for the Gauntlet here on 101 ESPN. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. With Dan McLaughlin now for the next two hours. Joining us here in the Fast Lane, Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. It's 4.05. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We welcome in Andrew into the gauntlet. What's up, Andrew? Hey, how's it going? Everything's good, man. You ready to rock? Uh, I hope so. Okay. Hi, Andrew. Great to hear you. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Andrew, would you like to take on... You got two options. Would you like to take on Marsh or me today in the gauntlet? Uh, I wouldn't take on Marsh. All right, Marsh is up. All right, let's do it. So go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. And actually, it's going to be Dan. Dan I'll spin it. Danny Mac's going to be spinning. I've just it. spun the wheel. Uh oh. Marsh, what category do you want? If actually, Dan, you're going to do that again. Okay. Just look at this thing. It's yeah, going back on. and forth. We'll do that all We're the gonna time. We're going to do that. Hold on, Dan. Uh, so Marsh, you are. If if it lands on fast lane picks, what what do you want? Uh, probably hockey. Okay. All right, you're going to get hockey then. Hockey, if that's right. the case. Get out of here so Dan can spin that again? wheel. Yeah, spin it. Okay, so Dan's got that thing humming right now. Marsh's going to get out of here. Of course, our four categories, hockey, baseball, random, and football. Andrew, was there a category that you were hoping for today? I'm hoping for football, and I'm definitely not hoping for hockey uh, after Marsh wanting it. So. Oh. Uh. Oh, oh wow! This the wheel just jumped over hockey, baseball, baseball. It is. Yeah. There we go. It, I thought it was for sure hockey. I, I thought so too. I think Dan. I think Dan did you a favor there. He gave a little Thanks, nudge. <laughs> gave yeah. a little nudge to the old wheel because yeah. you got baseball today. So four questions, all baseball. Dan, here you go. Okay. 
Let's fire away with Andrew. All right. Andrew, as you know, you're going to get four questions, all baseball, all of them worth two points, unless you need the options. Those questions are worth one point if you ask for the options. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, question number one. The last time the Baltimore Orioles were in the playoffs, outside of this year, of course, was in 2016. Which team defeated them in the American League Wilds card round? Uh, I remember reading about this. Let's go with the options. Blue Jays, Red Sox, Tigers. I want to say it was the Blue Jays. Final answer. Final answer. Toronto Blue Jays, okay. In the early 1900s, the Milwaukee Brewers moved and would eventually relocate again to become the modern-day Baltimore Orioles. Before moving to Baltimore, that's not right, but by the way, before (laughs) moving to Baltimore, where was the franchise located 1902 to 1953? The Orioles, where were they located before moving to Baltimore? Where was the franchise located from 1902 to 1953? Yeah, I'm going to need the options on this one, too. Okay, Chicago, St. Louis, or Cleveland? Uh... I don't. I know it's not St. Louis. What were the other two options? Cleveland and who else? Chicago. Chicago, St. Louis, Cleveland. Okay. Question three, please. All right. Uh, What team did Araldus Chapman begin his career with? Uh, I want to say it was the Reds. Hang on. I know if I choose the options, it's probably going to be that too. Um. Let's go with the Reds. Final answer. In their franchise history, how many times have the Rays appeared in the World Series? The Rays? That's right. Uh, I know if I pick the options, it's not going to be that many. Okay. One, two, uh, or three. Yeah. He said he he said he didn't want the options. Oh, he didn't want the <laughs> options. I oh. knew you were going to guess one of those anyway, so yeah, let's do honestly, it. Honestly... Honestly, <laughs> sorry, that's on me. Honestly, I was going to go with one anyway. Okay. Without the options. Got okay. it. You got it. We're going to give you one without the options. All good. Uh, all right. We're going to welcome back Marsh from the Kona Silence. Andrew, how you feeling? Uh, not great. <laughs> to paraphrase. I no. didn't think it was bad. Uh, all right. Marsh is walking back in from the Kona Silence. He's got his customary water by his side, and he's ready to rock and roll. Marshall's going to silence. It was great. I listened to uh, some Creed. Oh, good. To get yourself fired up. <laughs> Texas Ranger stuff. Absolutely. Nice. Okay, Marsh, uh, <laughs> it, it was hockey, and then the wheel kept going. Oh, no. And it's a late baseball. Baseball. Okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. when Dan moved it, it moved to random, but it was on baseball. Are you ready? I'm ready to go. Question number one. Wait a minute. Are you blaming me? No, when you put it back, because he was looking oh, at it, and I got he's you. like, okay. wait, that's random. thought you are blaming me no. for this. when you put it back on the desk. It, Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, of course. Dan, I got your back. Come Thank on, Thank you, man. buddy. All right. The last time the Baltimore Orioles were in the playoffs was in 2016. Which team defeated them in the American League Wilds card round? 2016. Wow. Um... Hmm. Trying to think. 
who was in that who went to the World Series that year? Let's start off with that. Twenty sixteen hmm. would have been the Cleveland Guardians, formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. Hmm. So that was that year. Um I think the Yankees did, and then the Yankees, I, I don't know. Let's use the options. Blue Jays, Red Sox, Tigers. Oh, wow. Blue Jays, Red Sox, Tigers. Let's go with... You said the wild card round? Yes. Let's go with the Red Sox. Final answer. Question two. Before moving to Baltimore, where was the franchise located from 1902 to 1953? St. Louis. They were the Browns. Final answer. All right. Marsh, question three. What team did Araldus Chapman begin his career with? The Cincinnati Reds. Final answer. Question four. In their franchise history, how many times have the Rays appeared in the World Series? Uh, 2008 and in the COVID year, 2020, that would be two years. Final answer. Okay. Let's go over these. Andrew versus Marsh. Category is baseball today. The last time the Baltimore Orioles were in the playoffs was 2016. Which team defeated them in the American League wild card round? Andrew, you went with the Blue Jays. Marsh, you went with the Boston Red Sox. Both of you chose the options. Correct answer is... The Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto mm-hmm. Blue Jays. That was the Buck Showalter game. That's right. When he decided not to bring in his closer at the time and marshy was thinking 2016 world series pretty famous one cubs mm-hmm. guardians went yep. to game seven yep hell of a series it was and andrew nice job you got a one point lead over marsh what team did araldus chapman begin his career career with andrew you went with the reds marsh you went with the reds correct answer is the cincinnati reds the cincinnati reds neither of you guys needed the options on that one so andrew remains up on marsh Three to two. In their franchise history, how many times have the Rays appeared in the World Series? Actually, you know what? Let's let's go with question two, Dan. Question question two, okay. please. No problem. Before moving to Baltimore, where were the Orioles located from 1902 to 1953? Marsh, you said St. Louis. Andrew, with the options, you said Cleveland. Correct answer is St. Louis. St. Louis. <laughs> I so, just emceed the. Uh, the Browns have a fan club still in St. Louis. Ed Wheatley runs that, and we had Bob Costas there, and Rick Dempsey came in. Really? Yeah, the former Baltimore Oriole catcher who actually, I didn't know this, but he played in four different decades. No kidding. He was a catcher in four different decades. Wow. That's just a little-known well, fact. Yeah, a little nugget for everybody yeah. here on a Wednesday. Just throw that out there. But they were the uh, St. Louis Browns. There you go. So Marsh now has a 4-3 lead over Andrew. Comes down to this. In the franchise history, how many times have the Rays appeared in the World Series? Neither of you used the options. Marsh, you went with two. Andrew, you went with one. Correct answer is two. Two. Andrew. You have chosen poorly. You lose. And Marsh nailed it with the years. Of course, they played the Red Sox. In, no, they, or they the, uh, the Phillies. Phillies, excuse me. They, they think they played the Red Sox in the 
ALDS that year. Regardless, they did play the Phillies that year, and of course the COVID year uh, when they beat the Do- when they lost the Dodgers. That was the uh, Evan Longoria walk off. Yes, and he's still playing. Yeah, at a high level with the da- with the Diamondbacks. Too. Yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah, he's a good player. And then you had the Blake Snell snafu yes. in the World Series, mm-hmm. taking him out too early. Yep. Why? A lot of good nuggets there. Yeah, whatever. Andrew, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Appreciate it. I'm going to hear about that St. Louis question for the next couple of months. (laughs) You know, say, what are you going to do? I didn't mean to mess you up, though, because the very beginning of the question when I was reading it was not right. So then I just changed it to before moving to Baltimore, where was the franchise located, which was in St. Louis. I bet if I read it like that, you would have been all over it. So I'm gonna, for... Yeah, yeah, I'm already getting text messages about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Andrew. See Good ya. job, man. Thanks. All right. Appreciate it, Mike. Uh, Marsh, nice job there, kid. You, Very nice, Marsh. Yeah. Two, two, four, six there. Nice job. You clean sweep at the end. Are some teams built for October more than others? We asked BT this, and BT kind of gave his perspective. But we wanted to bring in Dan on this question, too, because I think it's interesting. And Dan uh, studies a lot of baseball and studies a lot of different teams. So we'll get his thoughts on this next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, we asked. Ryder just completely, Mike oh, Ryder, our, our executive producer, just slung an arrow right at Marsh, right in his face. Yeah, he's, he's got me, a big night, though, too. Hit me right, hit me right square between the eyes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there's, I'm surprised you're still standing. Quite well, frankly. you know, and yesterday, so. yesterday I get hit with the, the pellet gun mm-hmm. for, you know, the pick'em challenge, and that hurt. And then today, I figuratively get hit right in the face by Mike Ryder's words. Yeah. And... This one might hurt even more. Mm. Mm. We're going to push forward, though. That's yeah, just what we absolutely. do here in the fast lane. Mike's got a big night, though. I, I don't think he meant it because it's his anniversary. He just bought a home. He's got a $200 mm-hmm. gift certificate to <laughs> Home Depot, and he said that they're going out to the Home Depot on his anniversary, which I think is his sixth year. So congratulations to the riders. Is Yes, congratulations, no doubt. So I, It's a big I, night, dude. We, we were there uh, when Mike met. His uh, his wife knew her. Uh, Were you really? Yeah, there it was Marty. It was Mardi Gras, and uh, he saw her and he goes, "I'm gonna go talk to her." Is that right? Yep. And he did. And, and the rest is history. The rest is history. So congratulations to them. I don't it, see the correlation from that to me. Oh, Marsh, just, his mind was Marsh, you're fine. Yeah, I don't fine. think his mind was fully into no, things. Yeah. So that's yeah. why you know it just it just happened. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what? That's fine because no nobody's safe. In the fast lane. Exactly. So. It's one of our mottos. Yes. Quick, quick question for you guys, though. It, does anything scream that you're getting older uh, than a Home Depot gift card that you're looking forward to using? Yeah, my body. Okay. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, man. I can't sleep on one side of my body right now. Really? Yeah. My shoulder is just a wreck. It's just a rat. That's because you play golf all the time. I do play a lot of golf, but I have no idea. You and Jay idea. Delsing are we, out there on the links, man. We were out again this morning playing. <laughs> I don't know what happened to my left shoulder, but he even said one time I took a swing. He goes, is that your shoulder? And I said, yeah. And it went, 
like uh, that. It hurts, man. Yeah. But look at you, buff, working out at the MAC. I'm you trying. You keep yourself in top condition. I'm trying. It's been, you know, I, I fell off. You know how it is with the young kids. You get you get out of routine, so I got back in there. MAC's been great. But um, I got, like, carpal tunnel. Thank you. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice work. Yeah. I got, like, carpal tunnel from holding my kids. Seriously, like my shoulder was jacked up for a while holding holding Lincoln, who's our third. Yeah, and then one of them kicked me, and uh, you know, sure. What do you call him? Oh, the Huevos Rancheros. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said Rancheros wave. <laughs> yeah, the old Huevos Rancheros. Yeah, that yeah. hurt. Uh, Jamie likes to call them the Liberty Bells. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it works. But I do. I, it's amazing. There's something that happens when you get a little bit older. I got. I get fired up to go to Home Depot now. It's it's great. It's a great it's a great store. I I, I can love walk, it. I can get lost in there, walking I, around, looking at stuff. I get a lot of flowers. I do a lot of flowering now. A lot of gardening. Oh, okay. I yeah. was about to say, what, what do you, so home? I I missed the connection, but now now I know oh, what yeah. you're talking about with garden. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's just um, they got great stuff in there. Oh, you become one with nature. You do. Yeah, you, you feel the earth going through your body. It's amazing. Oh, sure. It's so much fun. You push. You. you push. <laughs> What's that thing where you take your shoes off? You're you're connecting yes. with the with the universe. That's exactly with what happens. Ground. Zen, yeah, if you will. Hey Dan, are yeah. some teams just built for October more than others? I think teams that have a bullpen are. I mean, okay. look at the starter. I like the Dodgers tonight are in trouble in their series, and Lance Lynn is going for the Dodgers, our old buddy, and he's a fly ball pitcher in what is not a fly ball ballpark anymore. It used to be a homer haven in uh, in Chase Field in Arizona. He gave up 44 home runs. So if I'm Dave Roberts, I'm looking early, and if he, if I see any sign of him faltering, he's out. And if you look at how guys manage now, for the most part, not all of them. I mean, the Phillies have let their guys go a little bit deeper. But if I don't have a good bullpen with some shutdown guys, and I think this relates to the Cardinals next year, too. I think they've got to improve their bullpen. Everybody talks about the starters, and yes, there's an issue there. But you've got to have now a dominant bullpen because starters just don't go deep into games. You're not asking your starter to go seven innings. I mean, if you do that, it's like, oh, my God, look at what this guy did. This is amazing. He went seven innings. Right. It's a different deal. Mm-hmm. Is that what you and BT thought, too? So BT, BT. And you got to hit home runs, by essentially the way. Said no, essentially said no, but I, I I, do like what you're saying with, with the pen. But it's interesting. You look at Texas, and BT had the numbers on Texas's bullpen. Coming into the the postseason, you would say that would be their demise. Yes. And they've actually been fantastic in that regard. So maybe it's a situation where it, it catches up with them. I think Houston's an interesting case study too. Their starters, yeah, their starting staff is the. the, the I, I don't even say their start. It's their pitching. Their pitching staff coming into the year wasn't like it has not been like what we've seen in previous seasons with the Astros. You're like, okay, you're going to get one, two guys, you're going to shove, and then the back end's going to be a bunch of flamethrowers. They've been a little spotty too. Yep. I think this year, this postseason more than ever. It's really about the offenses, and I love what Hitting you said bombs. about the home runs. Hitting bombs, man. Arizona's putting the ball in the yard. Texas is putting the ball in the yard. They're the two teams that haven't lost yet. How did Atlanta get back in that game the other night against Philly? Yep. Two big shots. Yep. So I think when when you can hit home runs at this stage, that, that goes a long way, too. How about this stat? I was doing some numbers. 18% of all the runs so far in this postseason have been scored in the first inning. 18%. Really? Well, Houston certainly 
Yeah. Added to that yesterday with four. If you don't get a starter to give you at least a jump on trying to get a couple times through the lineup, you're going to your bullpen early, and your bullpen better be good. Yeah. And if it's not, you're done. I'll I'll give you another factor that I I think is is something to watch is Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy is just awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, he started with... The uh, the Padres and he took them to the '98 World Series and it was the juggernaut with the Yankees and yeah. you know there was just no chance. But he was 40 years old when he started. He's now 68, hmm. and you look at what he did with the Giants and I thought he outmanaged Mike Matheny. He did circles around him. Yeah, it wasn't the just Mike, but yeah, you're right. You know, it was like okay, why is he bringing this guy up? I'm going to bring in my lefty when really he wanted a lefty lefty matchup or righty righty. And it's no disrespect to Mike. I mean, you're going up against one of the best that's ever done it. But I think he's a factor in the postseason. He's awesome. Yeah. He, Some of the moves he makes are just incredible. And you're right. It was it, he got he got Mike a couple of times. What they that was once in the NLCS and then once in the NLDS because I think they faced him twice. The Cardinals Giants faced faced off twice. Yeah, it was. Uh, Steve Klein gave up a walk-off hit, and then you add the walk-off homer. In, so that was one series. And then you add the walk-off. Waka. Yeah, Michael Waka, Waka coming comes in. against Travis Ishikawa. Yep. Zito came in that one year, though. Zito, you know, Zito is the bus signing, and he came into St. Louis when the Cardinals had the Giants dead to rights, and Zito pitched well. I think it was against Lance Lynn. It was against Lynn. The Cardinals were up three games to one. And the difference, at least, that turned the series, there was a double play that should have been made by Lance Lynn throwing to second base. They get the double play, and they had Zito on the ropes, and then he just got locked in, and it was a different series, and they come back with all the momentum, and the rest is history. That was the was that the Matt Holiday Marco Scudero series or was it that twenty twelve? That that was it was twenty twelve I think. So Scudero was at second base. Holiday went in hard. You yeah. ever watch the old uh, films of Hal McRae when he took somebody out oh, at yeah. second base? Yes, it's like watching Naked Gun yeah. when the guy comes <laughs> in, you put him in left field. I mean that stuff happened back yeah. in the day, and the 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 breakup of Scudero. And now today's game is like that's a dirty play, right? When really it should be the play that you make in baseball, take yeah. out the second baseman, and you can't even do it anymore. No, or the catcher, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter. Are you sold? We're going to play that next on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. Time to play Are You Sold? What do you got, Marsh? All right, gentlemen. Are you sold on Sean Payton being able to right the ship with the Broncos with Russell Wilson as the quarterback? 
No. No. I'm not sold with the red. You, you had me until the with Russell Wilson exactly. at quarterback. And Blow he, that thing up, man. Yeah. Like statistically, Marsh, you had the numbers for us yesterday. Statistically, he hasn't been terrible, but when you've watched the games, he's caught he has cost them he has cost them wins. Uh if you just look at the numbers, oh, he's not playing that bad. But watch the games and you're like, okay, Russ Russ cost him the one game where he lost the ball and went went behind his back, and then of course the Jets fumble. That was that was brutal. No, I think he's got to tear it down to the studs. I think he's got to fumigate. I've mentioned this before with Kerry Davis on our Gridiron Guys podcast, Dan. It's a situation where you walk into your house and you're like, something stinks. And you check the trash and you're like, that's not it. You check yeah. the sink. That's not it. And you just can't you can't figure it out. You got you got to fumigate, man. You got to tear it down. There's something that stinks with the Broncos. You can't you can't pick and choose part of the roster where you say, oh, this is fine. I think you got to tear it down. I would happen to agree. Um, can you win with Russell Wilson anymore? Not nothing big. No. no. What no. happened to him, man? Age. Precipitous fall off. Age. You think so? He can't move anymore. But that's yeah. That's you a know? good point. He was. We're not talking about. Remember, this was this was a third round pick. C- very cerebral guy. You know, he, he actually played at NC State and he played in a spread. And then transferred to Wisconsin, which was pro style, and he learned the playbook in 21 days. He's very smart. But when you're a guy that is, you know, as short as he is, and you, you can't, can't run. move, yeah. yeah. And even inside, just inside the pocket to buy those passing lanes for yourself, create those passing windows, you're going to be in trouble. And that's why Seattle was always like, we're going to run the ball and go play action. That's right. And Russ is like, nah, let me cook. And it's been a disaster the last two years because he's not a he's not a drop back passer. Yeah, I so, agree, hundred percent. By the way, everyone listening, including you two, can join Learn from the Riz Show and myself this Thursday from six p.m. to eight p.m. at Cybergs and Arnold. You can come watch Thursday night football as Mister Unlimited takes on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, the Blues will be taking on the Dallas Stars as well. That is tomorrow. Come watch Thursday Night Football. Get signed up for some point and one-on-one ESPN giveaways and enjoy a cold Bud Light. That is tomorrow, 6 p.m. 8 to 8 p.m. with me and learn from the Riz Show and Bud Light at Cybergs and Arnold. So is, that that, be, is that a part of Are You Sold? We're sold. I'm sold on that. Yeah, we're sold sold on that. Dan, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I want to come watch a little football yeah. with you. A AFC West matchup. 100%. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Limited. He is limited. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate, <laughs> Mr. Limited. <laughs> Marsh, go ahead and do it. Do it, do it for Dan. I'm putting you, you on the spot. I, I'm putting you on the spot, but go ahead and do it. No, no, no. The way the way you do it, Mr. 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 Limited. Yeah, <laughs> you've seen those, right? Yes. Oh, they're awful. It's pretty funny. By the way, do you guys hear from Janet anymore? No. Oh, yeah. It's I been feel a while, like we haven't played uh, a Janet drop in a while. She's well, it's been, Cardinals, you know. Kinda, yeah. You know. I listen all the time, and I haven't heard it. I haven't heard her in a while. That's a good. You do a great job, by the way. Oh, thank you. I don't care if it's from today or if it's from a month ago. I'm going to find a Janet mic drop. It might have. It might not have anything to do with what we're talking about. But I'll play it it. just for you. Thank you. Absolutely. Did you work on the T-shirt yet? 
You know, I'm not, <laughs> we, I'm we not letting to. you off the hook on we that. We have to. Yeah, the Janet. The Janet. Top 10. Um, her face. Yes. We got a picture of that and then and put the a quote, top 10 yeah, on the back. Quote on the back. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be coming to a store near you just in time for Black Friday. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. For sure. All right, guys. Are you sold on the Blues' new defensive system working this season? Boy, I think we have to, right, Dan? I better be sold on the top line producing. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, those guys have to produce. That's where your money has been spent. Um, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see, though, with the new system. Part of it is Bennington being good. You know, he's got to play very well. But um, I'm kind of waiting to see with the whole thing. I'm not sold yet. I can't. I I just, I I can't get past how easy it looked for opponents last year. You know, you had all the the back, the the backdoor tap-ins and things like that. There's there's so much stuff I I have to imagine they're going to get cleaned up. And I know it's, you go one of two ways on this. You either say, oh, it's the same top four defensemen as last year. How is this going to change? Or you could say, it's the same top four defensemen as two years ago, too. This is the personnel we got. That's right. And what, like you said, what what are you going to do? Right. These guys, you tried to move Tori Krug. It didn't work. This is, this is what you got. Yeah, and, you know, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and right. over. If this is the same personnel you got, you got to change it up. Absolutely. Yeah. From the 636, are you sold on garage sales? Why not sell the whole house? In seriousness, though, do you guys like garage sales? I'm not a big fan. I'm not sold on that. But a garage sale is more about some of the junk, I think, that you're trying to, to get, get rid, rid of. of. Not all the time. Yeah. And you don't want to get rid of your house, so you're just kind of cleaning up. Yeah. And maybe somebody wants, and junk may be too strong of a word. Right. Because there could be a sentimental value with what you have in your home. Sure. And uh, you got to sell it. You know, times are tough. Mm -hmm. I would love to take all my kids' toys, or most of them, and have a toy garage sale. Boom, right Mm -hmm. there. I disagree with that. Not sold. Your kids aren't old enough yet to be distracted by anything else outside their (sighs) toys. So that puts it... All on you. All on the shoulders of you and your lovely wife. I'm tired of telling them to pick them up, though, Dan. That's, That's kind true. of where I'm at. So. Are you stepping on them? There are times where oh. at night, so I'll I'll go downstairs. The last thing I do before, you know, calling it a night, I yeah. go downstairs. I turn off all the lights, make sure we're locked up, and go upstairs. Mm-hmm. There have been times when I've stepped on... Uh, a car, a Mario brother, or something. Too. You're it's barefoot. awful. Barefoot. Yeah. Done it. Yep. And then I just want to wake up. It's normally my son that that leaves him. I, then I want to go upstairs and wake him up, but I don't. You, know? you could find, though, a, a hidden gem at a garage sale. You never oh, know. Sure, yeah. You might find a Babe Ruth original card where <laughs> you never somebody know. says, you know what, what's this old card doing in here? Yeah. And you go show up and it's Babe Ruth. On on that note, so my, my mother-in-law, Judy, she'll go to like those estate sales. Sure. And I'm always telling her, Jude. Just you call her Jude? At, Jude. If you see any like baseball card collections, grab it. Let me know or buy it. I'll reimburse you. You never, you never know. Yeah, it works. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for Are You Sold? Sports Six Pack is next. If you have a question, 314-399-9646. Question one, please. That's your comfort service text line. We'll do our Sports Six Pack next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. The Braves just took a 1-0 lead in their game against the Phillies. It's in the top of the third. Aaron Nola had been pitching pretty well, but he ran into some issues in the third. Mm. And the Braves have struck first with the series tied at one game apiece against this. This is a best-of-five series, and the Phillies are at home, so you don't want to drop one at home here. So the Phillies are down uh, down one nothing with Aaron Nola on the hill, and the Braves are still batting in the top of the third. Time for our sports six-pack. Go ahead, Dan. Question one, please. Question number one. From the 314, Danny Mack. Yes, fellow sir. Viani grad here, class of 04. Question for you. Has Kyron Williams mm. become the greatest pro athlete to come out of Viani, surpassing Trent Green? I wouldn't say yet, but he's well on his way. He's a heck of a running back right now for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I'd put Trent at the top just because, by the way, if Trent didn't get hurt, he would be Kurt Warner. Yeah, he was rolling. Um, let's see, Cliff Polite was a hell of an athlete. He was a, a all-state soccer player and also all-state baseball, and then made it to the major leagues and was part of the 2005 White Sox and part of, we were just talking about it, a dominant bullpen for the White Sox. So there's a number of guys coming out of the old V-high that are uh, making a name and have made a name for themselves. This area... I mean, if you if you include you know the like Metro St. Louis area in Illinois, you know Southern yeah. Illinois too. You look at this area now. If you just look at the NFL, I mean, Kyron, Kyron Williams. How about this? And I, he went to Iowa, and Iowa did not have an offense, so he didn't. I think he had like one touchdown. And I, cr- I was critical of Detroit's draft. I was clearly, it wasn't. I wasn't critical of the players. Just like, what are we doing here, though? I was completely way off about the Lions' selection of Sam Laporta. He went to Highland. And, I didn't know he went to Highland. Yeah, he's a Highland kid. Okay. And, uh, and boy, Sam Laporta, tight end for the Lions, has been oh, he's awesome, spectacular. So you again, you look at this this area. Um, I think Anthony, I saw in the NFL, St. Louis was top five, or the metro area was top five of producing players. No kidding. And then professional athletes, they were also top five. Wow. So I, I don't think people would realize that. Yeah. But. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but I'm I was a little surprised at football just with what's happened, you know, with the Rams leaving and yeah. what the interest level is of kids. But kids love football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Now, in 15, 20 years with what we see with the veracity of how we play the game and the hitting and the concussions are becoming more apparent, I wonder if more kids will go to different sports. I do wonder about that and see a, a yeah. real big drop off with that. I think we've seen that. I think we've seen that a little bit, but I think to your first point, there's always going to be kids that are interested in playing football. And I think hundred percent. You know, I, I remember having this conversation uh, with with our dear friend, the late great Chris Duncan, at, you know, five six years ago, and he was making that point of, hey, you got more kids going to soccer and baseball. And here we are, and we're still kind of seeing yeah. these incredible athletes go out. And I know there's more, you know, like Zeke, obviously Zeke with the, the Patriots. Um, there's others that from this area have just kind of awesome. carved out, you know, good careers, good starts of their careers. So uh, very proud to 
yeah. live in this area right now. I mean, think about hoops. You got Jason Tatum. Yeah. I mean. Absolute superstar. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's some really good uh, talent that's come out of here. The hockey Big stuff. Kachuk boys. It's incredible. Keller. How about the year that they had five number ones coming yeah. from out of this area? It's, but it's, it's, a, it's so a direct good. correlation, though, to former players living in St. Louis. They loved it. Yep. Their kids are growing up. And now think about the coaching that you get. I, I just ran into a gentleman today, and his son is playing hockey. And I said, who are his coaches? I was very curious. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, Joe Blow. He said, but we get great coaching from Jared ba- uh, Barrett Jackman. Oh, They're man. like, yeah, he's part of the coaching staff. Sure. So you get those guys like Jeff Brown, some of the others that yep. have stuck around. Al McInnes has had a son that played professionally. I mean, Jamie, you're going to get it. Our guy Jamie Rivers. Absolutely. Got his, his Clint, you know, he's got his synergy hockey skills. 100%, Coming, man. That's yeah. where you're going to get a lot of these kids and get the good coaching. Yep. Question two, please. Question number two. From the 314, best case scenario, the Cards get three starters this offseason in free agency slash trades that are one, two, three in the rotation. Are we immediately contenders again? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, but it just depends on, on who you get. But, yes, just to answer that question, just, you know, from a generic standpoint, yeah. You you get – let's say let's say it's Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray, and Kenta Maeda. I use the same three guys often, but those are the three guys I really like. I mean, Dan, you completely revamped your starting rotation one yeah. offseason. I don't know how realistic that is. I'm going to throw a name out there because you can get guys on one-year deals. So we Seven, were talking you know. about I, – I like him. Um, a lot. I also would. I would just dip my toe in the waters of where is Josh Hader. Mm. So now you got Gallegos, you got Ryan Helsley. If you don't deal him, and you got Josh Hader. So we talk about how important bullpens are. We also talk about starters only go two times through a lineup. So you need to have a deep bullpen. And if you talk to front office personnel, they say the hardest thing to do is predict a bullpen year to year. Yeah. It's very, very tough to do. Guy has a great year. Next year, just not the same pitcher. Then he comes back, makes sure. adjustments. Different guy. But I think with those three, you pretty much know what you're going to get. Yep. And all three have closed. And that's the other thing. Ryan Helsley, I, I don't know if I can count on him every single day. You know, he, he goes two out of three and he's shut down for two days. Right. Got to take the ball. And if he doesn't, then I've got to protect myself with somebody else. I wonder if there there'll be any interest in in bringing back Jordan Hicks. I don't know. I I think there's more interest in Stratton, and I think there'd be more interest in Jordan Montgomery. I, I think yeah. so as a starter, just kind of see where he's at, and he is a Boris client, which I think scares people off, and they can understand why. But Stratton was a guy that you could count on to get you through an inning and take the ball that night. Take the ball the next night. Take the ball the next night. And you need those kind of guys. You need to have veterans that will take the ball nonstop. And I don't care if you're a right-hander and get up to 65 to 70 appearances, which it used to be lefties would do that and beyond. But a a right-hander that does that is valuable to me. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, so Dan and I did not do a good job here with the questions, but they were so good. They're, 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 they were outstanding questions that Dan and I felt the need to expand upon them. So we could get one more in. What, do you want to carry it over? Sure. We carry it over. Will we get three now? All right, let's get three now. Carry it over, please. Oh, you want Give us a question three. Question three, please. Question number three. I think Marsh I jumped the gun on that. Marsh likes the, the, the divide. That was my the fault. The sixth divide. No, totally my fault. It's all good. I think this divide. one's a, a nice, easy one that uh, we don't necessarily 
need to really get into. But from the 636, if you were dressing up for Halloween this <laughs> year, what costume would you wear? Whatever the theme theme was in my house. You know, like the one year we did toy, like the Toy Story theme. And uh, I think Killian did, he was Buzz Lightyear. Like it. And Madeline was Bo Peep. And uh, Lincoln wasn't born yet. And Chris and I were Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Have you done that? You got <laughs> dressed up with your wife? Like, oh, yeah. 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 I've done, done the, the last whole, couple of years with the whole the, the, whole with the kids. Yeah. yeah. The theme. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I would go with, because uh, I was with Jay Delsing last night when we did a, a fireside chat and we brought up his dad, Jim Delsing. Jim Delsing, and we had a question about the Browns. Now, follow me on this one. Okay. He played Major League Baseball. He was the pinch runner for Eddie Goodell, commonly referred to now as a little person. Uh-huh. So when he had four straight pitches and walked, Jim Delsing was the pinch runner for Eddie Goodell. The Bat Boy was Bill DeWitt Jr. Really? They, and they took his uniform and made it one-eighth. The owner of the Cardinals was the Bat Boy that wound up giving his uniform to Eddie Goodell. Wow. So it's a famous uniform, and I talked to Bill DeWitt Third, and I said, what happened to the uniform? He said, it got passed around our family for Halloween. And then a realization was... That it's, it, it's as valuable as you could possibly get. So yeah. it's in the, I think it's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum, if it's not in Cooperstown. But it got passed around the family, and that's what they wore as a costume at points in times with different family members. That's incredible. <laughs> that's awesome. It's unbelievable. So Your I, stories are remarkable. Like, the people you talk to are just incredible. It's fun, man. I I am inquisitive by nature. Yeah. Like, I had a friend of mine that said, not tonight, big man. Like, I'd, I'd start asking him all kinds of questions. He just said, not tonight, big man. <laughs> not dealing with it tonight. I'm here to enjoy myself. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I found that story to be incredible. Yeah. So I think the jersey number was one-eighth. And then it was just passed around the family. That's it's hilarious. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's Dan McLaughlin. By the way, uh, Nicholas Castellanos just tied the game in the bottom of the third with a solo shot oh, against no. the Braves. What so a bounce back year he's had. Yeah, he's been very good for them. 1-1 one, yeah. one tie now. Bottom of the third between the Braves and the Phillies as they play game three at Citizen Citizens Bank Park. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll continue our Sports 6 back next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN 503. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Danny Mac with me for the next hour as Jamie is traveling for tomorrow night's Blues and Stars pregame right here on 101 ESPN starting at 6 o'clock. And by the way, we have a Blues-related instant replay for you coming up at 6 o'clock. You'll hear interviews uh, done by the opening drive with Robert Thomas. You'll hear a Craig Berube presser. presser. Uh, you hear the Last Minute Blues podcast, at least some of it, with Donnie Fandango and the aforementioned Jamie Rivers. So a lot of good Blues content coming up uh, starting at 6 o'clock. But, Dan, 
We're on question four. Oh, uh, question four, please. Question number four. All right, from the 314, here's one for the carryover. Why does Aaron Nola suck so much, and why is he the one that the cards will panic and sign, just like Fowler and Contreras? I love him. I do. I, I watched him pitch at a high level last year. I think you can get back to that level. I know the numbers haven't been pretty this year. Um, and maybe it's a factor of free agency coming. I, I don't know. I mean, there's got to be something to it, but I I love him. I, I, I think he'd be great here. I, I could be wrong, but I that's where I'm at. I mean, he took the ball he took the ball in his first postseason game. Yeah. Where he had struggled the previous five starts. The previous five starts to end the end the season, regular right. season for Nola or disastrous. So recency bias. Yeah. And he took the ball and he absolutely shoved. And so far, I mean it's early. He gave up one run uh in this in this game today against the Braves, but so far so good again today. But can I, can I get Zach Wheeler? Zach Wheeler would be fantastic. Can I get Zach Wheeler? That'd be nice. He's got one more year left on his deal, I believe. I believe so. Yeah, he he he'd be the Phillies pitcher if you're actually choosing oh. one. He'd he'd be it. But you know, you look at his numbers. Okay, so he's got a four four six ERA. If you're more of advanced metric type and you're looking at FIP, it's a four oh three. So he's pitched better than what yep. his ERA would indicate. Now it's a four oh three, you know, ace material. No, you want that a little lower, but his his expected ERA would be three seven seven. I don't think he's that far off of, you know, where he has been. No, I I agree. He hasn't shoved necessarily, and the, the strikeout rate's a little down. But I, I don't think at this juncture you're looking at somebody who's like on a steep decline. Put it this way: you've got to get one of these guys, Sonny Gray. You got to get Nola, if not both. Um, you just got to revamp your starting pitching staff and. When people say, well, one through five needs, I look at one through seven. I look at, let's go one through eight. Give me some depth. Yeah. Um, I like taking a flyer on a one year deal with somebody that's looking for a bounce back. Now, we saw that with a position player in Cody Bellinger mm-hmm. and what he did with the Cubs, but guys that have track records that had a bad year that are looking for a bounce back and then another bite at the apple. There's going to be guys that are out there. That's not taking the cheap route, in my opinion. No, I agree. It's maybe seeing something from an organizational standpoint that they can correct and say, hey, we saw this with you. Maybe the people that you were with didn't see it. We saw this. We think we can get this technical flaw back to where it's not a technical flaw. We we see your velocity can go from... 95 to 97 get you back where you were yeah that stuff happens a lot so if they don't go out and sign three pitchers for 20 million dollars a year i'm okay with it i think you need one of them an established mm-hmm. guy that you feel like hey, he gets the ball every fifth day that's our ace yeah. he stops losing streaks um if you have them he's a guy that's going to match up with the other team's ace but taking a flyer on a one-year guy i'm, I'm fine with that I, I actually like it to supplement what else you bring in like you mentioned maybe it's one of those guys or two of those guys that you bring in and then you add a sure. Luis Severino you add a Frankie Montas who didn't pitch this year you know because he was he was injured but it's it's a, it's a cheaper that's deal the other, that's the other part injury guys yeah Carlos Rodon when let's not forget when the Giants signed Carlos Rodon he was coming off an injury and everybody's like no thank you they signed him to a two-year deal the second year was a player option and he was an all-star and then he parlayed that, you know, he opted out with the Giants and signed with the Yankees for a massive contract. Now, granted, he got hurt again, but 
those type of deals you can strike while the iron's hot or find lightning in a bottle and have it work out for you and then maybe you bring him back Quintana was that guy nobody wanted Quintana when he signed that deal with the Pirates nope or else why would he wind up with the Pirates that's right they took a one-year flyer and flipped them at the deadline of the Cardinals and and that's the other aspect good contract if it doesn't work you're 100 percent right you can just flip them yeah or move on okay I you know I would love to see and I don't know where the role is. I don't know how you do it, but I'd love to see a Chris Carpenter back. I would love to see Jason Isringhausen back. But guys that are Cardinals. Now, Carpenter is working for the, I want to say the Angels right now, mm-hmm. but going back and reaching for somebody with experience, somebody that understands the culture here in St. Louis, and someone that can get to younger pitchers. Now, the one that comes to mind immediately is Jason Isringhausen. And I can tell you, there are so many stories of these young pitchers that have changed both off the field and on the field because of his presence. So my point with him is that he knows a lot of these young kids that are coming, mm-hmm. and i just like to see him reunited with him. Is he's fantastic. He is. He's fantastic. He's you, right. I'll tell you who else is fantastic. One of my favorite players in the game is Bryce Harper. I oh, love I watching love that guy play. He just went upper tank. Three-run shot. The Phillies are now up four to one on the Braves. I wanted him so badly. Oh man, yeah, you know, fans would just eat and him just, up here. They'd love him. He went upper tank job, uh, and he watched it because it was it was right they, on the line of the foul. Like he didn't know if it was going foul or not. I think he knew. I How about a guy that has lived up to the expectations? Hundred percent. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as basically the next thing, the phenom, like LeBron was on for Sports Illustrated. He yep. was the baseball equivalent of that. And he's lived up to it, and then some. The pressure that he's had, no problem. No question. Goes to Philly, a place like that, signing that contract, and if you don't perform, those fans are all over you. They're brutal on you, and he embraced it, so... I I give him all the credit in the world. Whether you like him or not, you gotta give him credit. I I like him. Question, um... Five. Five, please. (laughs) Question number five. From the 618, what is your biggest pet peeve in sports? Mm, That's a good one. I hate, and people know this and people argue with me, but I hate the touchback rule in football when you fumble the ball into the end zone and the defense, which was crap the entire drive, gets rewarded with the ball. I've got no problem with the penalty if you want to... You know, you lose you lose the ball, it goes through the end zone. You want to back them up, back them up, back them up to the 40. I don't care, 20-yard penalty, whatever. But to just give the ball to the other team when they did nothing, just because I fumbled the ball in the end zone, I was reaching out to try to score, I, I hate it. It's one of my – it's it's to me, it's the worst rule in sports. How about diving in soccer? Yeah, that's bad too. I, I understand there is some strategy with it in terms of time to an extent – but guys go down a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. It's not my biggest pet peeve, though. I'm, I'm trying to think of my biggest pet peeve. One one of mine, too, with along with that rule, is the fade. The fade in the end zone. It's the laziest call. You think because you just get, you got a wide receiver that's taller than the corner, you just throw it up. So much has to go right. There's no imagination, no creativity. You just throw it up there. The corner's already in, in, in a perfect spot. Yeah. I hate the fade. I Lamar, Lamar got picked on a fade last week. I said, you deserve it. They deserved it. They deserved to get, <laughs> to to get that corner who was already in place, and Odell was lazy on the route, and he got picked off. As you deserve that, you deserve to lose. And I did. don't. Oh, go ahead, Marshy. I was gonna say I don't like that you can't challenge a fair or foul ball 
down the line. You can challenge all these other things, but you can't challenge whether a ball lands a fair or one. foul. Yeah, that's good. So I was going to to piggyback on that. When you know, you see the replay in baseball, and everybody knows he's either out or safe, and it takes forever to go to New York, them to look at it, then get it back to St. Louis or whatever the you know wherever you're playing at. Like, let's go, let's move this thing along. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I like that. I, I don't like that either. I'm with you. Yeah, it seems like it's got like a game show vibe to it. I've so, always said that. I hate it. They only have a few umpires in the war room, if if you will, of. Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been there in New York. It's kind of fascinating. Oh, I'm sure. And so those umpires are jumping from game to game. And what happens is if you get a lot of calls at the same time, they've got to go review A, B, C, and D, and yours may get put on the back burner. So that takes some time. But if it's obvious, like, let's go. It's on the big screen. You can see he's safe. He's missed it by a foot. Let's go. Let's I'm go. 100%. Yeah. Question six, please. Question six. Question please. number six. From the 314, is there a perfect composite Major League Baseball DH? And do the cards have one on their roster? What do you think of Contreras? Uh, I was about to say, was it, isn't Wilson Contreras kind of that? I mean, he's making a lot of dough. It's a lot of money for yeah. a DH. Uh, but I think that I think Contreras would be your perfect DH. So the, somebody that's got pop. Well, the DH was brought in, I want to say, in 73. And the idea was you had aging players that you know if you're going to play them full time it would wear them out mm-hmm. so you had aging players that still could hit but then you know if you don't have them playing a position you still get to expand their career and people enjoy that and all that kind of stuff i i just don't know now with the specialization in the game you use the dh as a well this guy's going to dh tonight we get him off his feet that guy is this that and the other i i don't know if there's just a true dh anymore there's a handful of guys that you look at and you say, that's just a power hitter. We're going to put him in there yeah. and let's do it. But the manipulation of rosters and lineups really changes that, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Specialization all over this this yeah. game now, especially in the bullpen. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. we got What's Trending next. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. Remember when I said the Braves are up 1 nothing. That was yeah. short. That was short lived. Short lived, huh? JT Real Muto just doubled. It is now six to one. Phillies over the Braves in the bottom of the third. L- lots of time left. Philly fans know that with the way the Braves came back the other night. But uh they're looking good right now. Phillies are six to one now as they head into the top of the fourth. Phillies had to figure out or rather the Braves needed to figure out who to start in game three. That was mm-hmm. the big question right. for them. It was Bryce and, Elder. Yep. And now, now you're trying to get through pen. the outs. Mm-hmm. That was a big Ouch. question for for the Braves. It was. All right, so 
that's part of what's trending. Andrew Marsh has got the rest. All right, guys, with last night's game between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks, Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin have surpassed the Yankees trio of Jorge <laughs> Posada, Mariano Rivera, and Derek Jeter as the longest tenured trio in NHL, MLB, NFL, and NBA history. You know, 18 years. Part of that is great, and part of that is sad. Because you think about those Yankees teams, and you, you when you recall them, even if you're not a Yankees fan, you recall them as, oh, you know, Posada, and like you do that. Rivera, Jeter. You do that with the Penguins. You know, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. But you don't do that with with much these days in sports. No, because free agency. Free agency. And I like free agency, don't get me wrong, it gives you, it gives you that internal hope in the offseason, all that, Dan, but you don't you just don't have that anymore. How about Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. You had it short-lived in Oakland, but you had Hudson, Zito, Mulder. Mm-hmm. It, it cracks me up with Moneyball. <laughs> if Moneyball was, you know, it was the idea worked, and there's so many things that came out of Moneyball. But uh, you had Hudson Zito Mulder throwing just about every game that, you know, 60% of your games, mm-hmm. probably going to win a bunch. Yep. And they did. And they did. <laughs> that kind of gets overlooked with the whole deal. It did. Yeah. I still enjoy the movie for what it is. Oh, I love the movie. Yeah. And I, and you know what? I, this is what we do, right? Like we take it and we're like, oh, this was, this was fascinating. And then, People talk about it too much, and, and then we go, you know what? That was overrated. That's <laughs> <Right. laughs> overblown is what it is. But, like, the creativity that went into, we cannot spend a dime. What how, what are we going to do? Oh, it, it's I think fascinating. it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I, I You know, John Mabry was a part of that. Yeah. Scott Hatterberg. Um, you had these guys that were playing out of position, mm-hmm. and it worked. Yep, it was kind of fun to watch. You had the long winning streak, and it, it did work. But, I mean, when you have Hudson, Zito, Mulder, and we were, we were just talking about the aforementioned Jason Isringhausen. Billy Bean puts him in the bullpen. He becomes a dominant closer. Right. So you, you got to make some right moves as you go along, too. And they yeah. did. I always feel bad for who's the manager that th- those days? Art Howe. Art Howe. I felt bad for Art Howe. So you get you get uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, the, you know, the, the, the legendary actor who's now passed. But you get him playing in a movie. But... Art Howe's like, I wasn't like that. I wasn't pushing back on Billy Bean. Like, this is a complete hack job. Fabrication, yeah, hack fabric- job. Right. Yeah. But Philip you. Seymour Hoffman played me in a movie, so. <laughs> He's pretty good. Yeah. He did a great job of that. He, he didn't did have a lot of, of job. He didn't have big parts, but he was yeah. good. Do you think Moneyball has essentially ruined baseball for what it is now? I think some people believe At that. At least for I the don't, fans. I don't know. I can't stand that... that <laughs> That starters don't go deeper into games. Yeah. Drives me crazy. It just does. Does I that mean, bother you more than like the three true outcomes for hitters? No. That's a good point. So the three true outcomes bother you more? Yeah. Yeah. Strikeout, walk, home run. Mm-hmm. You talking about? Yep. Yeah. I don't think, though, what bothers me even more is that if you're a young kid, I'm, I'm talking about a teenager. The only way, not the only way, but a really good way you're going to get signed is if you hit for power, launch angle, how hard you throw, how fast you are is fine. That's always been looked at. But you're not learning the game. Like, do you know where to throw on a cutoff? Do you know how to hit behind a runner? Do you know how to bunt? No one could bunt anymore. Now, part of that is that guys are throwing 98 with sync, and it's not easy to do. 
But you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to get noticed, I, I got to do these things. I got to yeah. hit for power. I got to be able to throw 98. But do I really know how to play the game? Right. Do I really know how to pitch? And think about it, too. If you're signed to justify the money that is spent on a young player, you're going to be you're going to be thrust through the system. So you get to a minor league level where there's great coaching at, at a lot of levels or a lot of places, and that particular coach and manager doesn't have a lot of time to work with that player. Right. Because I need to justify to ownership that we paid this guy X amount of dollars of his signing bonus, and he's a bonus baby, and we got to get him through. Yep. So he gets to the major leagues, he doesn't know how to play the game. You're absolutely right. And get off my lawn. <laughs> I got. I know this is a, a kind of a stretch for what you're talking about, but it, it does remind me of what the 49ers did when they hired Shanahan. When they hired Shanahan and John Lynch, the ownership in San Francisco had been through... Um, Mooch. I think like they were running through them there. And Chip Kelly only lasted one year. And Chip they, Kelly was in San Francisco? He was. He I don't was, remember that. Yeah, he was That's how bad it is that I don't remember season. that. Yeah, one season. I don't even remember. Like, yeah. I don't remember that at all. He he followed, uh, I want to say I remember Harbaugh. Chip Kelly with the Eagles. Yeah, he was with the Eagles. And then he um, and then he wound up with the Niners. Who did he follow? Sorry, guys. Was it Harbaugh? I thought it was Harbaugh, but let me get this right. Oh no, you know who it was? It was Jim Tom Sula. I don't remember I don't that remember one either. That either. Jim Tom Sula for one year. Chip Kelly for one year. So Tom Sula was the one that did the interview. That was a disaster. His his opening interview. If you ever get a chance to you know YouTube it, Jim Tom Sula interview. He was terrible. Like they were asking him basic questions, like what. You know, what's your philosophy going to be this year, coach? And he he was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you're asking. Like simple <laughs> questions. And, and you could tell the, the interviewer was, I think it was Greg Popo. I'm, I'm sure you, you know, you know, yeah. well, oh, yeah, uh, just a, a guy that was just flat out setting it on the tee. He's a great broadcaster yeah. from the Bay Area. Yeah, He was great. Anyways, long story short. So Tom Sula one year, Kelly one year. And the the ownership group for the 49ers said, we're not doing this anymore. They gave Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch six-year contracts. They said, we're being patient. Yeah. You got it. You, you got a long runway. Figure it out. And they just recently re-upped with them again. But they said, we're not doing this where it's one year. Most times, coaches get about four-year four year deal. By about three years, though, they're looking to replace you. Sure. They said six years, go for it. And the results have been pretty damn good. Do you ever think about, in baseball, both you guys, if – an ownership group just said, I want to draft all pitching, or I want to draft every great athlete in every round. I don't care yeah. what he does, um, you know, right fielder, shortstop, whatever, but just give me all athletes. Yeah. Like, don't draft for the need that we have at the major league level, and we're going to give you six to seven years to get through and see what we got. Right. It'd be really interesting. And trust your, yes. trust your coaching. Yes. To, to mold those, yeah. That's now, interesting. That's I what think you've it, been saying, Anthony. Just don't get the the guy that you need, like Dan was saying, but yeah. get the best get the available best player. Yep, at that pick. Absolutely. And I, I I think they they draft for need. You know, like the Cardinals went through a time where they had position players coming up, so they said, mm-hmm. okay, let's go heavy in pitching, and right. they've had heavy in pitching, and let's go position players or corner guys, outfield, whatever. Yeah. So you do have a little bit of that, but I'm just saying, like one draft. We're going pitching, man. Yep. We're, we're going to blow it out with three-fourths of our draft with pitching. Or we're going to do just the best available athlete. Sure. Don't care what he plays. Just give me the best available athlete, and then we'll figure out 
a position that he plays. Dan, I've had that thought, especially with the pitching. I'm sure if somebody like that actually does drafts or listening, like you guys are idiots, but I, I get it. Yeah, I think so too. To me, Dan, I think that that is such a fascinating approach because you know what happens? You t- you're basically taking a shotgun approach. Somebody, somebody within that, somebody's gonna hit. Somebody's gonna hit. Yeah, you know. Uh, and and if you get a couple of guys, hell, it could be three fifths of your starting rotation. And you did it all in one draft. And the Cardinals had it. I mean, they had Zach Gallen. Yep. They had Alcantara. You know, so yep. give them credit there. It's just the moves that they made subsequently just didn't work out. Right. Well, could you imagine, like, I know, I know we've done this, but Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallen, right? Garcia, Rosarina. Like, yep. I know this total hindsight team. I get it. But if you, if you were to have that right now. And I got Damn. the Ozuna deal. I did. Yeah, I at the yes. time. You I, again, a bat. it's hindsight. I yep. get it. You know, you're tired of hearing about it through the Cardinals, but boy, oh boy, yeah, it's right. it's tough to swallow as it a is. fan. It certainly is. It's fascinating on 101 ESPN. Biggest question of the day is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Before the biggest question of the day, a quick update on Game 3 of the NLDS. The Philadelphia Phillies are up 6-1 on the Atlanta Braves. Mm. The Braves got on the board with an Ozzie Albee single to drive in Ronald Lacuna in the top of the third. The Phillies struck back with a Castellanos solo home run, and then Bryce Harper hit a three-run shot to make it 4-1. Since that point, Rilamuto also doubled. Uh, he doubled to make it 6-1, so that's where we're at right now, 6-1. That, the Harper home run was freaking majestic does the uh schedule bother you guys i the, love i love how they do it i know why did they why did they go like game the, one off day game two off day oh i thought you were three as my mic punches me in the face again all television um, directed i'm sure i i thought you're talking about maybe the the day game i love day oh games. i love day games for postseason baseball yeah, i think fantastic. it's great i i i'm talking about like the matchups should you recede yeah, recede yeah yeah, I want him but to. But baseball has got so much randomness. I don't know. I don't know if it matters. I I think Marshy brings up a good point though, because you can reset your pitching staff with all those days off. Yeah. And if you have strong starters, well, you should be the favorite. Sure. So that's something to think about. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. I think you reseed. I also think there's got to be something for winning your division, even if you're in a weak division. I don't know if it's fair though. If you get. 86 wins as opposed to a team that gets 101 and yeah you know do you like I, that 101 i did, I did like that yeah and yeah, the orioles and the and, and it was realistic that's the orioles right. won 101 thank you uh but yeah i like the tie in there with the station thanks Dan, nice job all right marsh what do you got for biggest question of the day yeah dan was telling us in the break that he had the opportunity to go to the isaac bruce foundation event on saturday i believe Nice. Uh, Friday, Friday, Friday night. I am seated actually. Am seated. Am seated. So I was conducting the the Q and A with Isaac Bruce and another great NFL great. And that NFL great was Redundant. Warren Sapp. 
So I wanted to ask you, what was it like being around Warren Sapp, and what were some of the stories that uh, that he was sharing? I, I thought the most interesting thing for St. Louis Rams fans was we got into the NFC Championship, and by the way, he is instant offense. Yeah. I even got him to do his sack dance. He put down his mic and really? did that. Yeah, he did the whole thing. Isaac was great, but you have... If you had on your bingo card Warren Sapp and Isaac Bruce, you're a better person than me. I, I didn't see, like, what's the connection, but they're both Florida guys. They're both pro football Hall of Famers, so they become uh, friends over the years. But I thought it'd be interesting for you two guys to kind of try, try to bring it full circle here. Warren Sapp said in the NFC Championship game they focused on two players, and you guessed it right, Anthony. Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, and Marsh had Isaac Bruce. So I think we we, we both combined. That's right. But Marshall was Marshall was the first player. I thought you had of. to take him out one way or another. Yeah. And who scores the winning touchdown on the catch? It's Ricky Prohl. Right. But he said he still has nightmares over it. He said he should be a two-time Super Bowl champ. They did win with Tampa Bay and John Gruden, but mm-hmm. he was great. And uh, the the memories that you had of the greatest show on turf. And how they they brought it full circle now. They said, really, what you're watching, NFL Today, the precursor to that was the NFL in St. Louis. Yeah. And he said, now, he said, you could not run what we do defensively. He said, there's just no way, the way that we had our defense set up, could you possibly play that defense in 2023? He said, you'd lose by 60 points. He's right. Isn't that crazy, too? Yes. So that defense was specifically designed to slow down the greatest show on turf. Exactly. And the Tampa 2. And the Bears the Bears had that historic defense in 06, too, because they had Brian Urlacher. Yep. And Derek Brooks. He was so good. Was incredible. And Brooks and Urlacher, Brooks would, would play that Tampa 2 role where he would go all the way back. I mean, you, you've, you're talking about middle linebackers covering the middle of the field. Yes. You know, you think about a field in third, so you got the two hash marks. So you got, you know, left, center, and yep. right. And freaking Derek Brooks and, my, and Brian Urlacher would exactly cover the entire what he said. center. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. But you, but he's right. I mean, the, the defenses now, if they played that, the offenses would car- carve them up. Warren Sapp said he's going to coach probably for Deion Sanders next year in Colorado. Really? Yep. That'd be a lot of fun. They've, they've been in contact about it. He wants to do it. His daughter, I didn't realize this, went to Mizzou. I really? had no idea about that. So he said, know. yeah, I'm familiar with flying into St. Louis and heading down... 70 and and getting into columbia and watching football games with my daughter wow kind of crazy no kidding so there's a connection to st louis nice but i i thought though to bring it up to a football guy about how they approached that game the nfc championship and then now he said we give up 60 points yeah with all those hall of famers that were on the field that's amazing the way that he'll admit that too yeah you know that that takes like that's that's really st- that tells me that, and, and he does because he does so much for the NFL now in terms of media. But that that goes to show you he's not floating it in. I mean, he's watching no. games. He's, he's he's understanding where the league is, and where the league is going. You've emceed a lot of different events. Yeah, well, I t- I, well, Isaac is one of my favorite people, as as you uh, as you know, and obviously you've done a lot with Isaac as well. They're, he's he's so great. I have uh, emceed a number of events, doing a bunch here lately, but that may have been the easiest event I ever did. Yeah. So, Warren, what are you up to these days? All right, guys, have a nice day. And, uh, it's been a fun Warren, night. Warren took it over. And just uh, donate some money. We'll call it a night. That's fantastic. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Have you done trivia nights? Oh, yeah. They're tough. I, I did one. I said yes to one. It was, um, I can't remember what it, what it was for. It was several years ago now. 
And I thought to myself, well, my trivia nights are a lot of fun. If you go to a trivia night, thank the host at the end. Yes. It is the hardest thing because you're... Oh, you, you messed up, man. It was, I, I'll tell you why you messed up. Why? Because you got to start the night by saying, I didn't write the questions... I didn't come up with the answers. Yeah. So if you have a problem, go to the scores table. I'm just the guy giving you the, the sure. questions and the answers. So you messed up, I bro. Did, I saw I was a rookie. I didn't know. <laughs> I was hack. You know, they, they got sponsorships, obviously, that, yes. like every other round. And I, I didn't have the phonetic spelling of some of the names. So I was hacking oh, up yeah. names of sponsors, which is obviously, like, I'm not trying to, but, you know, some of these names I wasn't familiar with. And, it was uh, it was a long night. I did the uh, Angels Arms recently, uh, which is a great organization here in St. Louis, putting kids in in homes that truly care for them and all that stuff. It's it's great. So I'm MCing, and I turned to the guy to the left, and he said, "You know, I'm a professional at this." I said, "You certainly are, sir." <laughs> I said, "You have this down to a science." Yeah. So now there's like the professional people that come in and do the trivia oh, nights. Oh yeah. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I'm not going to get yelled at. It's perfect. <laughs> so that same night, I'll give a quick story. That same night. All right. So the crowd, like picture a comedian. Like I'm trying my best to kind of get the crowd like lively and whatever. And I was doing the show with Dunk at the time, but nobody really know who the, who the hell I was. Still don't. I don't. I don't same with me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No. You're just there to read the questions. Right. That's same thing with me. But. Like I could tell people were starting to get ticked off with me and stuff. I, and, and my attitude is always, and it's a poor attitude, but my attitude is, okay, if you're going to give it to me, I'm going to give it to you. So there's one guy. Do you remember You remember Roger Craig? The, oh, yeah, the running the, back? So I'm thinking or of the, the manager, manager okay. Roger Craig. There was somebody that was kind of giving it to me throughout the night. And it just, you know, he'd be correcting me constantly on certain things, which he, I, I, I need to get the names right anyway. So he wasn't doing anything bad. But I just didn't like his attitude. He looked like Roger Craig. <laughs> so at, at one point, uh, I was opening up a question. I'm like, maybe I should turn it over to Roger Craig here. <laughs> and, um, it did not go well. Didn't go well. He, no. he was pissed. Nobody laughed because yeah. I don't I don't think anybody could like, yeah. I don't know, the whole room could see him. So I was just like, well, that's when you had an older crowd because then they go, oh, yeah, Roger Craig, 87. Yeah. National yeah. Championship Series, Giants and Cardinals. Yeah. Well, it's kind of explaining that. And, of course, anytime you explain a joke, yeah. that's when jokes are real funny. Yeah, not good. No. So uh, I looked at the the event coordinator at the end, and I just said to him, I go, I apologize about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens. I don't expect a call for next year. <laughs> Speaking so. of uh, a full circle thing and, and being an MC, the first time I met you, I was an MC. Oh, that's right. At the, I think it was the. It was O'Fallon. I don't know if it was O'Fallon no, Hoots at the time, that, was it? it was, I think it was the Rascals at the time. It was the, the Rascals at the time, yeah. But uh, it wasn't the Home Run Derby. It was just the celebrity softball yes. game. And you guys were there, and I met you there. And this was before I even worked at the station. Yeah. So talk about a full circle. And moment. we didn't realize that until like you were he was Marsh was talking about it. I go, I go, yeah, I was I was there that night. Yeah. He was the MC. Mm-hmm. You know who you know who was on we so it was a Cardinals team, basically. I felt bad actually. So we were paired up uh with Lance Berkman and Bo Hart and uh Good dudes. Yeah, Mott good was dudes. There. Jason Mott yeah. was Great awesome. On the other side was Isaac Bruce. Oh, was he really? Yeah, it was Isaac Bruce. Pat Maroon was Pat there. Pat Maroon. Maroon was awesome. This was after they won the Stanley Cup, too. Mm-hmm. Well, 
hometown hero. We're in the so I walk in. I, I went. I was going to the bathroom in the little clubhouse that they have, and Maroon was in the thing there. He's like, "Is anybody drinking tonight?" I go, "I'll have one with you." <laughs> so as he was, I mean, I don't think he had stopped drinking since the sure. parade or whatever. And I got I got a chance to meet uh, Pat's parents and his family. Incredible people, man. Yes, they're awesome. They're Isaac uh, is not like gregarious. He's kind of like you would think. He's pretty serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. to the Very point. Put together. Yeah. Oh, he looks like he still could be playing. Yeah. And then there's Warren Sapp. Yeah. <laughs> A little different. <laughs> A little different. I think Mike Jones was there that night. Mike too. Jones was definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. He Mike was Jones was team. at the event on Friday. He came was out. He? Yeah. No kidding. He always supports it. He's a good dude. He is. Yeah, we got. We're, we're very lucky here in St. Louis to have uh, athletes that either come back or have stayed. And, yes, uh, participating in events like that. That's fantastic. All right, Dan and I, Marsh and I, will uh, we'll wrap up the show next. I want to ask you, man. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show we have brad thompson on for the first two hours my guy dan mclaughlin in for the last two hours and boy it flew by man it's it's been a lot of fun dan's going to be back tomorrow full show tomorrow jamie's going to be with us from the road so he'll be in a dallas hotel boots on the ground boots on the ground ahead of the stars and blues pregame six o'clock here on 101 espn tomorrow night so dan again full four hours tomorrow alongside uh, me and then jamie from the road but we have a blues instant replay coming up for you robert thomas interview by the opening drive We've got a Craig Berube press conference, or at least a little clip of it. And then the Last Minute Blues podcast with Donnie Fandango and Jamie Rivers that uh, we'll play coming up at 6 o'clock. But if you miss anything from our podcast today or our show, download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com, your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. By the way, I know that you guys um, love the blues and you promote the blues. And I love them too. I I just love openers in sports. Like yeah. the, you know, like the Blues are not predicted to do well. If you read the national pundits, who are it's not idiots, great. they're idiots. It's not great. What but do I, I know? I don't care, man. I love openers. So do I. They're fun. Last like night, last night, last was, night was cool. Yeah, you had Connor Bedard. How do you do? I didn't see it. He had one assist. assist. Okay, yeah. one assist. Played over twenty minutes, but. Uh, I mean, it's super cool. You have Connor Bedard, who is the new face of the league, essentially. And then you have Sidney Crosby, who, you know, is getting older now, but at one point was the face of the league. You mm-hmm. could argue now that it's Connor McDavid. But them going up against each other on the first face-off of the regular season, it was, cool. Cool. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah that's and then how... you had Ke- Kelly Sutherland, the, the referee, saying, hey, Connor, welcome to the NHL. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. That is neat. It and that's, is. That's where, that's you know, we, we talk a lot about – uh, this is where Major League Baseball or the NFL or the NHL get it wrong. That's where the NHL got it right. I agree. That's good. I All agree. Right. Criticisms, compliments. What do you got? Yeah, uh, we were talking about Creed earlier in the Texas Rangers from the 636. Going to listen to Creed on the drive to my slow pitch softball playoffs tonight. Oh, so. good luck to you. Get a, little, get a little jacked up on, on Creed. Yeah. You know, it was a little rainy last night and this morning. Hopefully it's not going to be a muddy uh, playoff situation. We had a beautiful day. Yeah, but you're right. It was raining earlier. A little muddy. Okay. Be careful out Post-season. there with that turf. 
Are you in the postseason? What? Are you in the playoffs, Marsh? For softball? Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm not done. I'm not softballing it up right now. I'm sorry to hear that, Marsh. No, it's all good. We, you know, we're, we'll transition to I've transitioned to focusing on fantasy football. Okay. All right. So, so you got a team to run. I understand. I, I have two teams to run. Two teams to run. I'm 0 and 4 in my league. Hey, it happens, you know. Best laid plans. Been a bad start. <laughs> Who's killing you? Who's the one guy that's killing you? My son, my other son, and my neighbor. <laughs> no, I mean on your team. Son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean on your team. Like, oh, which my player? team? Yeah. Well, Cooper Cup was injured, okay. and so I thought he was going to play, and then he didn't play. So, uh, All right, that yeah. makes sense. All right. All right, that's Dan McLaughlin. He's going to be back with uh, Andrew Marsh and I tomorrow, so it's going to be a fun day tomorrow on the Fast. And, hey, everybody, have a great rest of your nights. Good luck if you're in your softball playoffs. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.